Welcome to episode 511 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto, team, welcome along to episode 511 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm very good, and you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. We had Peter Colson and Mel come and stay with me last weekend, and they could understand why we do the weather update after they saw the studio, Yeah, you know, because we do look at the weather, and it is very foggy right now in Christchurch. A little bit of rain as well. A little bit of foggy. I'm heading up to Auckland, hopefully the plane can take off. No bike ride for John this morning. No bike Out, ride. No outside bike ride. No outside bike ride. Jombo. This uh, is the official um, 10 year anniversary show. It was 9th, wasn't it? 9th of April, I think we started, wasn't it? You tell me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You're the one who says it's the official. It's, it's Why official. is this the official? Because we've, we've been milking it for a while now. We <laughs> and we're milking it next week as well. Yes. So it's, it's, it's like anything. Like Belinda's work this year is there. 20th anniversary they're milking it all year oh really yeah <laughs> not yeah. just one day yeah. we're going to advertise the crap out of this one I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by Athlinks.com social networking for endurance athletes extreme endurance lactic buffer and our patrons and we got many patrons and we today's a big day actually because we did the draw for the winner Tacona and it's yes. going to be announced on today's show it was pretty close because we actually had one person in the room that yes. was still in when we got down to the last 10. Mm. Unfortunately, they, they didn't take it out, but it was, which I kind of felt bad that I let them know because it would have been pretty nerve wracking for them. Mm. But if they won it, it would have been pretty awesome. But that person had been to Kona. So. Yeah, true. Still, yeah, I'm sure they would have loved winning it. <laughs> Some of our patrons Adam the Big Schnozzle Bardsley. We've got Paul the Swindler Tuck. Catherine the Terrier Floodquist. James the Saviour Got it. And Paul, the Butcher Helling. If you want to become a patron of the show, you go www.imtalk.me and uh, you're going to be supporting what we do. Okay, Jombo, in this week's show, it's kind of a different one because we're going to be doing uh, our news. Mm-hmm. Talk about the weekend. We had a pretty big weekend going weekend. on. We did some interviews. Admittedly, I didn't do as many as I would have liked, but it's kind of, A, I didn't have the microphone much with me much. And, and B, B you're lazy. Trying. Yeah, wow. I did do a bit of training over the weekend. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we'll announce the prize draw later on in the show as well. And then from there, that'll pretty much be today's show. We may put some more in depending on how much time we have because I only got about 20 minutes of interviews. Maybe okay. a little bit more. Okay. But, yeah. And we've got some, some not banter, but just some fresh stuff from Saturday Night's Party. And then oh. next week, you're doing the highlights package. Yeah, for the last 10 yeah. years, all the, hopefully, the funny moments, all the highlights. Well, based on, 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 Ross give a lot little mm-hmm. uh, based on his what he thinks is good so it could be terrible could he be. might not he, he might, I mean, he's given me some interviews I'm not going to put the interviews in because obviously they're so long but I'll just snip bits so probably an hour a little bit over an hour of just the bits over the years okay Jonbo well we are going to be doing the Kona draw later in this episode it's going to be one of the little uh, little clips we did from Saturday night but we'll also announce it after that as well so if you are a patron Listen up, because it's exciting times for one of you patrons right now. But Jombo, last weekend we had one of the championship races. I in South Africa happened, and some pretty interesting racing. It was. So we maybe start on the girls' side of things, because we had a winner there that I have not heard of before, and so I thought, well, I'd better go and find out a little bit about her, so we do know a bit, because it was a pretty strong field. You had uh, Lucy Gossage and Susie Cheatham, who were both in the, the top 10 in Kona last year. You had Annabelle Luxford, who's a great short-course athlete, but they and Jodie Swallow as well, but they all got cast aside by Kaisa, Kaisa 
Leitonen from Finland. She swam at 58. The swim conditions sounded like it was pr- a pretty rough day out there. Some of the guys were saying it was it was tough as well. She biked 4.59, um, which wasn't quite the fastest ride of the day, but then she had a nice balanced run as well with 3.02 to come home in 9.06.50, which was, uh, yeah, a fantastic result. And uh, three minutes in front of Susie Cheatham, who was one of the, you know, well, she was probably about sixth or seventh in Kona last year. Well, and Susie got third last year, and Lucy got second last year. Yeah. So they kind of switched places. But, you know, Lucy did do I'm in New Zealand, got second there. So mm. it's pretty good effort. Close racing. So it was 9.06 for the win. Uh, Susie Cheatham in second in 9.09, and Lucy Gossage in third in 9.11. So good stuff. And then it was it was still pretty tight after that. The one big blowout was Annabelle Luxford. She was literally <coughs> a blowout. Mm, she ran 3.30 seven uh, after having about a seven or eight minute lead coming off the bike so still oh, no, I thought you were going to say the blowout was um, Swallow getting blown off the bike oh right yes <laughs> Annabelle Luxford faded you know she she went for it on the bike uh, rode 4.49 compared to the, you know not most of the other girls were close to five hours um, but sounds like maybe she just went a little bit too hard and got a little bit of learning but she'll still get some good points from fifth place and uh, could be uh, you know if she can figure out that she can run if she can figure it out, um, you know, could be a contender come Kona time. But Jody Swallow was leading early in the race and had a nice little buffer. But yeah, it sounded like she got blown off her bike by a helicopter, possibly at one of the turnarounds, which Cause the sounds really kind odd. Of said she didn't know what happened, but mm. well, it sounded like at a turnaround or something like that. And again. We've done our usual uh, five seconds of research into that, but she definitely came off her bike, and from what I could see, it sounded like she got blown off from a helicopter, but how close do you actually get to a helicopter? Um, so That's pretty close to blow you off. Yeah. Given but maybe it hits you on the right angle as you're and turning. And you're not ready, for, not ready for it. Yeah. So. Like it, mm. But anyway. Unfortunate, because she was in a good position. Yeah, and um, and she needs points for Kona as well. You know, uh, She didn't finish Kona, I don't think, last year. Uh, she did. She didn't do. Didn't do very well. Uh, so she needs some points. So she's going to have to go back to the drawing board and get racing. It's a backup for her. I'm just trying to look at her Twitter and see what she says on here. But on the guy's side of things, Ben Hoffman, great race by him. Around a 2:45, and this is probably one thing that we're seeing this year consistently so far is we're seeing some sensational run times. Granted, they're not still in the, in the two, 230s, but you know we had Ironman New Zealand and a bunch of guys ran really, really well there. Ben Hoffman, you know, struggled a little bit in the swim. He only swam 52, 58, um, on a yeah, and said that he really got beat up on the on the swim um, from the conditions as well as the other competitors. Rode 429, um, but there came through with a 245. He was uh, had a good battle though with Tim Van Berkel, who was I think with one turn to go, and they were sort of heading into the final part of the race he only had a, a minute or so on him so he finished in 8 hours 12 37 and that beat Tim Van Berkel's 8 14 51 Marco Albert was leading in during the stages of the run he was third in 8 18 and he just managed to sneak past Matt Trotman in fourth who was 8 19 and then 8 19 for fifth as well so bloody close racing seven minutes only seven minutes covering the top five so again we're seeing some good, close racing so far this season. So nice work. And we've got to remember, this is a championship race. So these dudes that are turning up, guys and girls, that are finishing sort of in the top five, they bank a lot of points and really only need to have one other result to, to actually 
you know, book their ticket to Kona, and it's only um, yeah. April time. Yeah, so got it's, the good, it's a good position to be in the year, mm. isn't it? You know, you get this knocked out now, you can kind of plan the rest of the year and get that peak hit in Kona really well, can't you? Especially the girls, you know, Susie Cheatham and Lucy Gossage. Lucy Gossage, uh, I haven't actually had a look at the rankings, but she must be uh, right up there with the Ironman New Zealand, plus the Kona points from last year, plus this. She must be uh, right up the top of the rankings, I would imagine. Jody Swallow's website address is I follow the swallow. Very nice. .co.uk, that's a, that's a good, good and, and Just another thing. So on, on the, the female winner, I didn't mention, I was wondering where the hell she'd come from. She has actually got some pedigree. So she's from Finland, and she finished, um, so this is Kaiser Leitonen. She's sort of had a bit of a short course background, but actually been racing for bloody ages. So her ITU career started back in 1999, racing as a junior in the... Uh, European triathlon championships. Wow, okay, well. Wow. So she's been at it for sort of 17 years and raced a lot on the, the ITU circuit and, and was very much a, a good athlete on the sort of second tier European Cup races, World Cup races, and, and had lots of top fives, podiums, and top tens and stuff. Didn't look like she really cracked it in terms of the, the major league on the, the World Championship Series race, but she did finish second <coughs> at the ITU long distance World Champs in uh, 2015, and she also finished second at Ironman Barcelona last year behind Yvonne Van Vlerken in some sensational time. It was like eight. I looked at it yesterday. It was like 8:48 or something like that. We know uh. Barcelona's a bit of a funny old course. You've seen some very, very, very fast times there, but you know Yvonne Van Vlerken's right up there. So she's not a total surprise that she won, but it's not a name that I've seen right at the top regularly. So. Uh, the other big kind of triathlon event that happened last weekend was the Iron, sorry, not the Ironman, the ITU Gold Coast Race, which is very much kind of the big race for the Rio Olympics, and it was a pretty important race for many athletes out there, and some, well, it seems like the girls' race was the one to watch, and the boys' one was a bit more kind of follow the path, but also interesting as well. Yeah, so um, we came back from our big bike ride on Saturday, so our... You know, epic adventure. Molina came, wanted to come around, and he, he lives uh, out in Sumner, which is about sort of 15 k's away from where Bevan and I live. And then we had dinner sort of close to where we live, conveniently. And he thought, oh, I might as well just come around and, and watch the race um, rather than going all the way home and then just go, go off to our dinner. And so I thought, oh, we'll. I had had a little bit of an update on the on the women's race, and we had a Kiwi interest there, so I thought we'll watch that and see what it's all about. Turned it on, and uh, Melina's just lapping it all up in front of the TV, and not doing swim, doing swim, yeah, lap, yeah lapping, <laughs> lapping, swim lapping You know, normally, unless I'm on the trainer, I'm fast forwarding a fair amount of the bike ride. Well, that was re- was really interesting because on the Sunday you guys were talking about the race. I didn't I didn't see either of the races. And it showed a big problem in triathlon because mm. that's what you said. You said, oh, the boys race, oh, we just fast forward through because I'm always just fast forwarding through the, the cycle. That's a big problem for triathlon. Mm. It's, it's the, the longest segment of their race mm. is the most boring part. Yep. And and I think this is why we will eventually go to, to short course stuff, so to sprints and super sprints for, for the TV audience. But right now it's Olympic distance and the girls put on a bloody fantastic show on the bike. You know, we had the whole bike ride going and you – they were just drilling it from the get-go. The course they had had lots of U-turns. It was quite quite a technical sort of course, and it was hot, 
and the girls were just smoking it and they had these little breaks sort of starting to go and they didn't sort of stick, didn't stick, didn't stick and then a break got away with uh, Helen Jenkins, Andrea Hewitt and Flora Duffy and they were just drilling it and okay. they ended up getting a minute and, and, a minute the pack and a half didn't work lead. together or? No, the pack were working but those girls, I mean, uh, Flora Duffy's the strongest female cyclist in short course triathlon yep. and she's constantly attacking and she's a, she's a good runner now as well um, and it's like, well, we're not going to beat Gwen Jorgensen in a head-to-head race, yeah. and if we've got the break, might as well go for it. So it was fantastic, and they just kept each lap was more and more, and then it ballooned out even more on the last lap. So they had a minute and a half, and so you're thinking, this isn't a done deal, but they've got themselves a chance here. A minute and a half, they run really well, maybe they've got a chance. Yeah. And it turned out that Helen Jenkins put in a storming run and it was a pressure race of her because this was a, a Great Britain selection event uh, or heavily weighted selection race and there's only one slot left on the team and it was, was down to basically her and Jodie Stimson who was the, was going into that race, the, the world number one. So Helen Jenkins just went out there and just attacked it. It looked like she went out maybe a little bit too hard on the run, on the run, but she just kept it going really? and ended up winning. So how far off did she break away from the other two? From from the get go, she really just so, went hard. Yeah, so Andrea hung tough for for, for a long time, um, but She's got the, on the line, did she? Yeah, and and so Helen Jenkins only lost uh, around about sort of fifty seconds to Gwen Jorgensen, and then what in terms of on the run leg um, and on the Andrea Hewitt and Flora Duffy got caught by Gwen Jorgensen with maybe. 500 metres to go, and Andrea is gutsy. She bloody stuck to her shoulder and then attacked her, and uh, Gwen Jorgensen just, just got over her sort of once they got onto the blue carpet. Andrea was just running really? squares. You could just see she was out on her feet. Really? So she put in a good effort. So great race by her and fantastic racing ball with those front three girls who just put it to Jorgensen. And, uh, uh, is Jorgensen cycling it. a weakness, or was it just that she didn't play the game very well? Uh, she's a, she's she normally is, is absolutely fine. It used to be a massive weakness, but you know she was just with the pack, missed the move, and she's not an axe on the bike in terms of yep. being able to bridge it, bridge a gap like a Brownlee or something might be able to do. Yep. She's she's got no problems on the bike now. But this is the only way that they're going to beat Gwen Jorgensen in Rio, barring mishap or Injury complete or meltdown, because she is a lot better well, runner. Gordon Jordan Steve was his name. Who's the golfer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens. So, no, it can certainly happen, um, but she's going to have to have a very off day or they're going to need to get about a minute on, on her off the bike to, to stand a chance. So good on them for uh, So just just as in regards to the Olympics, anything interesting come out of this? Anyone missing out? Anyone who got in? You know, I think the Australian team. Yeah, the Aussies were, was great. Some some complete um, caving from some of the Aussie girls. But Emma Moffat, the veteran, uh, got up and, and I'm pretty sure she's got an automatic slot by finishing in seventh place. Rachel Klammer from the Netherlands. They had to get a, a top six, I think it was, to get an automatic qualification. So... Um, but based off this, you know, Jodie Stimpson, who finished down in 12th place, um, that was the, probably the big name to miss out on that day. Uh, it's in the selector's hands, but it's really da- a, you know, a showdown between her and Helen Jenkins, and they're very similar, but you know, she could be the one that misses out that could be a potential medalist that's not going to actually so make it. Helen doesn't guarantee it with that result? I don't believe so. Oh, really? <clears throat> no, who would you pick? I don't know. I'd pro- Based probably on go, course? probably go for for her, given that it's got a hill on the course and there could be a breakaway. Um, Stimpson can run with the best of the rest, but she's probably not going to run with Gwen Jorgensen. But yeah, they're both sensational, and most country else most countries are both be the year number one. 
Oh, that sucks. So, uh, yeah, Guy side of things. Guy side of things. Yeah, I think this was was also really interesting. I, I mentioned this last week, as to you know, you just had this feeling that the rest of the world's maybe caught up a bit with the Brownlee brothers. Yeah, and <clears throat> they did. They had a bit of a quiet year last year, especially Alistair. Um, but he was injured. Yeah, were, yeah. were they going to come out and just stamp, re-stamp their authority on the, the racing? And they didn't. They didn't. So Mario Mola for Rio and for pretty much any racing if it comes down to a running race now he's shown that not miles in front but he's, but he's made that step now where he you know, if you're a betting person and there's four or five of them together it's a running race you're going I'd probably put my money on him more often than not than yeah, even than Brownlee than, than, than Brownlee so turned out to be a sort of a two up running uh, duel with Jonathan Brownlee um, Jonathan Brownlee faded um, midway through through the run and then completely detonated so Mario Mola took it out with a with a fantastic 30-47 run split Fernando Alaza um, ran over the top of Jonathan Brownlee in the uh, literally almost on the blue carpet Jonathan Brownlee was in la la land so he had a good a really good run you know he went head head with Mola for quite a long time um, but then apparently it was very very hot and he uh, completely detonated and by detonation I'm talking he was coming down the finishing chute he had the weave on he bounced off the the bollards once and he was straight onto a uh, as he crossed the line straight into a wheelchair and he was out of there he was out on his feet so that was interesting but I think that was more of a heat factor but it's going to be hot in Brazil but first race of the season for him so I think you can say Jonathan Brownlee is back and he's a contender but they're not that dominant force that they, they have been well, what, what happened with Alistair? I, I, had a, I, tried, I looked at their Facebook feed and their <coughs> Twitter feed and there wasn't really anything but he just he just wasn't there because it's just a run he faded on wasn't it? yeah so granted I didn't watch the, the storm on the bike so I wasn't quite sure what happened there but so I think what for, for me, this, it just makes the Olympics. There's, it's great going in. You guys, in the past, you'd sort of said to me, Alistair Brownlee, you know, a year or two ago, he's going to smoke it. Going into London, like it was his race to lose. And um, and you kind of thought, top three, it's pretty obvious who, who it's going to be. Going into to Rio, it's a challenging course. Could be a breakaway situation where you've got the Brownleys and Gomez spanking it out. You let Mola probably miss the front group, and so there's quite a few different dynamics. So it could be a uh, fantastic race. Mm, uh, Selection-wise, any interesting things to come out of this race for any countries? Uh, the Aussies again. The Aussies really stood up. Ryan Bra- Bailey in fourth, and Ryan Fisher in fifth place. That's sensational racing <coughs> for them. Your concern is the way that they've structured it. These guys are peaking now. They've got their selection. Got to be peaking later in the year. So whilst they're in and they've raced great is it too early is it too early you know same with Gwen Jorgensen you say well she got beaten um but and likewise with the Brownleys that's the first time she's lost in a long time isn't it a couple of years wow yeah same with the Brownleys you're going oh are they maybe not the force they were they're selected I think they're selected they 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 need to be a force in August not uh not April so some interesting things one thing we we have been talking about about lately Braden Curry he was 40 seconds Slowest out of the water, it looks like. Yep. So it's game over. He, I think, apparently he posted game over Rover for him. So he's our Kiwi who gave it a crack, and it really shows he is he's world a class athlete, man. half Ironman athlete. Yeah. You put him in any seventy point three race around the world, and you'd say he's competitive with the very, very best. But uh, short course racing is a different game. Yeah, because he was literally based on just what I'm seeing in front of me here. The the kind of the slower guys are coming out of the water about seventeen thirty, and he did eighteen ten out of the water. And at, but at half Ironman. He'd yeah. come out of the water with um, with our, you know, um, 
our top Kiwi short course athletes. So yeah. it just shows the difference when you're in there battling it out with the top, 50 top or 60. Yeah. A lot of DNFs at this race. Yeah. Um, it was very hot and probably the, the really significant DNF was Richard Murray who crashed out quite badly. One of our listeners, Annette Lee, was right there when he crashed and, oh, um, and it sounds like he broke some broken ribs and a broken wrist. So oh, really? Wow. He's, um, he, you know, he is a contender for, um, for Rio and, yeah, it's, it's certainly... It'll still be there, but it's going to put a bit of a dampener on his preparations. Wow, well, that's exciting stuff. So we are really hitting that Olympic year for triathlon. It's always an exciting year, and it's, you know, bring on the Olympics. John Bo Mac is uh, starting a new venture. Yeah, so they've um, had a news through from this last week, and I was going to try to get him on the show, but we haven't yet. But we may still do that in the next uh, couple of weeks. So Tanya Tanya Pora are launching a sort of a pro team. It's more going to be a development team than necessarily a fully fledged um, Looks like a pretty good pro team. So basically, if you're an up and coming development pro athlete, uh, if you're willing to go and live at Tanya Poria for six months of your season, where they've got fantastic facilities, um, then you can be part of, the, I think they're having a, fi- a five-man team, and go around with uh, Tanya Poria all over yourself, and I just think it's, it's a great opportunity for, for developing athletes, you know, they've got some great co- great coaches here I at Tanya pro- I, I, I didn't go into too much detail, but I think it's very much you get everything provided while you're yeah. here, isn't it? You know? Yeah, so you basically live there for free, train for free free food coach great get some some good coaching there if you so want i don't think that's a mandatory part of the package it's a great place to be based out of in terms of you know traveling around all the development races around asia um it's a good little hub great airport so i think it's a it's a great idea and um another one of macca's little ventures hmm. what do you have to team tbb uh does it still exist like i know once brent sure. left it kind of was a, it was a bit i'm not sure i might have a look at it okay okay uh, coming up this weekend, Jumbo. Coming up this weekend, we've got Strongman in Japan. No other real Ironman races coming up until I think the next one is Ironman Australia at the, in the early part of May. So a bit of a quiet time. I know there was lots of 70.3s on at the weekend, but we were more focused on our training. Yeah, we were definitely more focused on our training. Okay, last week's discussion, Jumbo. We've been going for 10 years. You may have heard about it. Um, <laughs> the website's still up. You can still buy some gear, John, for team... Yeah, it doesn't look like yeah, interesting. Uh selling gear more than anything now. Okay. So um We've been going for ten years, you may have heard. Yeah, you may have heard about that. Um we're milking the crap out of it until the end of twenty eighteen. <laughs> um but we were just saying what have been some of the things, the shocking things that have happened in our sport in the time that I am talk has been happening and uh Jumbo, let's start. I tried to yeah, I tried to have a bit of a think about this. We don't we don't live in a very shocking sport, Bevan. No, we don't really, do we? No. So I, I think I highlighted last week, and this was just outside our 10-year reign. Have we mentioned that 10 years? <laughs> um, it was the Nina Craft drug incident when she got DQ. That was 2005. Um, since then, we've had a few little drug cases, but not any of our sort of Kona winners. Well, or Marissa, Marissa, whatever her name was, Barca, what was it, the Spanish girl? Um, Barissa Tagi. Barissa Tagi. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was. That was a big one. Yeah. Um, in terms of some of the comments that we had, Sean O the Porno Barnes. He'd probably be on a on a plane right now. I think he is. It might be landed by now. Yeah. Yeah. The, the um, one of the, his big shocks was the lack of positive drug tests, especially considering it was rife in cycling and athletics. So is that is that that we aren't a druggy sport, or is that that the testing's not that good in the sport? I think it's a bit of a combo. Yeah, but a combo there, Steve Morris has got the fact that pro athletes never organise themselves into a group who all fight for the same thing. Nearly every other sport has an athletes union group that and 
that it is possible why pros aren't earning what they could. Also, the fact that no major drug ring has been found, this really is surprising. Richard Swan, this is a good one. Could Chrissy Wellington's retirement at the peak of her powers be considered more of a shock than her dominating wins? Mm. And James Botel said, I would have said the same. Yeah, ITU stars, this is Richard Col- Rich Coleman. He's got uh, ITU stars finally starting to make it big in Kona. Have we forgotten the likes of Ian Baker, Greg Welsh, Mecca, Michaela Jones, Karen Smiles, etc., etc.? And someone so else true. responded to that. Who responded to that? So true. Oh, I see. I also add, that, also add, the biggest shock I had related to triathlon was hearing the terribly sad news that um, Jackie Gallagher had died. Yeah, this, that was actually pretty big one, wasn't and it? And also Steve Larson. Yeah. So there yeah. have been some, some big names. She was an incredible triathlete runner, and her races with Enna Carney, Michaela Jones, etc., were truly breathtaking. Boy, those were tough girls. Hmm. I'm just going to add something to my list based off that. Uh, Okay, I'll do Steve Chamberlain yeah. Ward. The shock of realising that fitness and endurance doesn't equate to health, uh, with many people in the sport in their 40s having heart issues, made me rethink my own health. Uh, he just stole the thing that I just wrote down. Oh. I didn't read that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve, you must be a great uh, man. He's a mind reader. Uh, James Botel, the growth of the participation has been most shocking. It's hard to imagine where it was 10 years ago. Yeah, that's probably a good point, actually. It's grown quite a lot, hasn't it? When we think of what we were doing 10 years ago. It hasn't, has, uh, yeah. No, again. Well, we Iron look, Man has. Yes, Iron Man certainly has. Absolutely. When I first started, and this was more than a lot more than 10 years ago, Iron Man was, was not the big thing. No, well, when you started, it was probably only three Iron Man. What was there? Japan. Yeah. Australia. New Zealand. Kona. Kona. One or two others. Yeah. But certainly was, Iron Man was not the big thing. In the last 10 years, I think back, yeah, Iron Man has grown massively in, in that period this is, this is one thing i always think of my business you know like the one advantage my business has over running clubs and all those types of things is i have a marketing budget so mm. i have money i can go spend to tell people about what i'm doing and i wonder if that's the thing that i man's biggest advantage is that is that has it, it can invest in telling its audience telling discovery of its product if you know what mm. i mean whereas triathlon is a sport you've got the the organization like you know, New Zealand's triathlon, what's the, what do you call that? Triathlon New Zealand. Triathlon New Zealand, there you go. USA uh, triathlon, yeah. You know, they, they, they're more of a kind of a body mm. that, you know, more have to look to the government to show that they're kind of making an impact on sport and stuff like they're that. Like they're advertising. Yeah, yeah. And in some ways mm. I wonder if, if over time it's just that whole, that marketing push behind WTC is one of the reasons why we've seen Ironman become a much bigger appealing sport to the... And then all the event directors are kind of, not fighting amongst themselves, but promoting their own interests. Yeah, and, and also sport. they've got a small budget, whereas when you start to get bigger and bigger, it's that snowball effect, isn't it? That, mm. you know, WCC now has a massive budget that, you know, no one can compete with. So, interesting. So I, I had a bit of a scan through the, the Kona results and wondering if there was any really shocking things in Kona for the last 10 years. And the, probably the, the two things that really stood out for me was Marinda Carfrey in the year that she had the second fastest run split. Yeah, that was, that was the year she ran it up. She ran two two fifty or whatever it was. That was the year when she was, yeah. we, we were there, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. So. That was the year when she was like twelve minutes down. But that blows me away, and I'm probably I'm, I'm I am being a bit of a sexist pig. Oh, but you are. It's no denying. Guys are generally significantly faster than the girls. If they had to beat all but one of the guys at the biggest yeah. long course triathlon in the world, yeah. the championship race, amazing. Yeah, that really was. So that was that was two things. And then the other thing, and to prove that I'm not a, two, a sexist pig, the two things that blow me away the most have both been female related things. Is just the the dominance of the Chrissy era and how amazingly fast she was. And equally, you know, when she went to like 
Rose and eight eighteen. It was just out of this world. So those were my two big performances. Well, I think Chrissy's last Kona was the most impressive performance of all because she was injured. She was, you know, she wasn't in a good place. Man, that girl could race. Mm. Eh? You know, she was just a rock star. Full, eh? Had the full package. Yeah, uh, and then I thought, sort of for the, for the short course side of things, and whilst Jan Frodeno right now, you know, he is the the business. You know, he's an Olympic medalist. He's won seventy point three worlds. Good he won, guy. He won, 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 he's winning everything. He's just absolutely crushing it. When he actually won the Olympics, he hadn't actually done that much for oh, that. Really? He was, he was, yeah, he was a contender. But it's not like the last year you go. Who, who should have won that one? Um, who going into it? Who was all the talk? Go, uh, Gomez, I think. Really, from memory, yeah, yep. Gomez, he, and he he finished fourth. So for people who don't remember the Olympics or didn't didn't see it, it really came down to a running race, and there was about five of them to to going into the the, the sort of the, the deciding part of the run, and Gomez was the first to to drop off, and Whitfield managed to claw his way back up there. So it was basically Whitfield um, in that pack of four. There was Whitfield, Gomez. Um, uh, Fredino and Bevan Doherty and yeah Gomez was the one to, to miss out on the medal and he dropped earlier on interestingly though back, all the way back in 2008 we're still talking about him now was was Alistair Brownlee was uh, spanking it at the start of the run as well oh, as, as God knows how young he was but he was not very old at all so I think yeah Gomez was the, the raging hot favourite and he he struggled with the pressure there um, and Fredino yeah you would have said wouldn't be surprised if he's there amongst it but for him to win that was that was quite and a big then surprise. After that fact, after that, then he just sort of blossomed. Really, really. so he, he just he really was of that. It was mm. almost like a um, Freddie Van Leer. Remember we had that mm. was it Dubai race? We out of nowhere. He was he was a good athlete, but du- mm. winning that Dubai race at that time, I was like, wow, he's gone to another level because yeah. there was a strong field in that race, and yeah. then you know went on to win Kona. And then in terms of just the other couple of things that I know in terms of part of the question was around technology last 10 years for me the biggest thing that's changed the sport significantly power. is power meters and yeah. obviously all the analysis tools we have with with the internet and then the other thing i just noted down that's already been mentioned is and that's probably more been the last three to five years is just the amount of heart related issues that we're, we're seeing these days with with former top athletes and it seems very very widespread i have to say freddie van leib winning kona was probably mm-hmm. a shock as well you know, like of all the male winners in the last 10 years, you know, most of them, you you know, going into it, or even after like Pete Jacobs, you probably wouldn't have picked Pete going into it, but you kind of weren't surprised either. He got a couple of podiums and stuff, you know, whereas Freddie, he definitely had some good races, but his one was a... He doesn't have the, I don't know, necessarily for me, the star factor. Yeah. And so normally you have one or two people on the podium who are just solid all-round yeah. athletes like him. <clears throat> There's almost always that one person who's got that spark and on the day they do it, like Pete Jacobs. Yeah. He, he had that spark. And that's what I always sort of said about Cameron Brown is he was awesome. Just he just didn't have that 5%. one little yeah. star factor for, for winning Kona. Um, and on that day that Freddie Van Leer did, he had a sensational race, but he didn't have the, the Macro or the Crowe or something that just plucked this amazing race and yeah. combined their natural talent um, so Freddie Van Leer is just a worker and in some ways you should respect him perhaps more he doesn't have that quite that natural ability that some of those um, real rock stars do mm, so interesting stuff I can't really think of any others that we haven't really mentioned mm. no drugs no no big sponsor mm. oh one one big shock some of the sponsors we had in Kona one year what was that one they had my life would you remember that sponsor they had because uh, they had no sponsor, basically. List or something, was it? Yeah, my, my, my list. My list, yeah. 
That was a shock. It was weird. Uh, what, what's this? What's this? Nobody knew what it was. Yeah. It was, it was a, that was a shock. Because yeah. Ford, Ford had left them, hadn't they? Yeah. Yeah. So I think they just took anyone on board that year. Okay, this week's discussion, the Mountain Snail gave this one to us. Um, we were discussing on the, the camp the, in, in Wellington, which is the, the capital of New Zealand, great place that we've got here. Yeah, great place. They, um, they've had a race director there who is actually going to be an age group of the week in the next couple of weeks. Oh, just uh, give it away. Ah, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, yet. give it away now. Um, but it was, uh, uh, he, and he's letting go of the, the races that they run up there, which have been quite sort of club-based races. And he's been doing it forever, has he? And, and, we, and, and then also Alan, who was on the camp um, over the weekend as well, he's from Nelson, and I sort of said to him, oh, those Nelson races, they are real old school. They're just, you know, yep. you turn up and you Point race, and you get some results and stuff, but there's just, you know, it's 20 bucks to enter sort of thing. Yep. Uh, and I said, oh, that, that guy who runs that, he can't have that much longer to keep doing He's been doing it forever. And he said, oh, well, I'm actually going to be taking it over next next oh, season wow. um, and, and organising them. And so I'm, and, and John, um, the mountain snail said to me, he said, oh, I think we might see a bit of a renaissance of the, some of these small club races. So we've been talking doom and gloom over the last little period of all these races disappearing and, and everything getting gobbled up. He was saying, look, I wonder if we are going to see a renaissance of small, inexpensive races making a bit of a comeback because the sport is just getting out of hand in terms of how much it costs to enter events. Mm. And so do this is the question. Do you think we'll see a renaissance of small club races um, around the world and maybe in your particular area? Or do you think we're, that, that, that spiral of death that we've been talking about is going to carry on and, uh, and things are really going to dry up? The one thing... Well, I wouldn't have to talk about And if you want to mention anything else, because that's... Um, Anything else on Facebook, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and your thoughts this week. There yeah. you go. <laughs> okay. Sponsor. As long as it's bullet points. Bullet points. Sponsor. Extreme Endurance, Bevan. Do you like that Buffer John? <clears throat> They've been with us a long time. They have. And I've got to sing their praises. And oh, I have to sing their not praise right now because John, you said didn't give me any bloody. <laughs> I you talked deliver. to me, I'll get you some, and he didn't get it to me. And yesterday, I wish I had some Extreme Endurance. And so on the run on Sunday, I said to. Ian Wood, I said, uh, hey, hey, Lex, something. He said, well, I've actually been on the Extreme Endurance. He, yeah, he, he, he did it um, the week before the Cedar Sky Challenge. He raced there, and so he just bounced back and was absolutely fine. Because he's had a bit of a knee problem, and he said that you know he knew he was going to do you know, your race the week before and then our weekend the next weekend. And he thought, well, you know, get on the Extreme Endurance. And he said, yeah, we could treat for him. So we about a month ago or so I did the same bike ride that we did at the weekend and I was destroyed so we, I did the bike ride on a Sunday and then Monday Phil and I went out and did a run my legs were just toasted and I was toasted for about a week after that that's how long it took me to get over it and I wasn't on extreme endurance this time didn't make the same mistake twice loaded up for the week leading into yeah, the uh, into, the, too, yeah. into the training weekend uh, and pushed the bike harder than what we did uh, about a month ago and um, got up the next morning and did the run and had you know legs were a little bit tired but certainly no no doms similar sort of thing on Monday and, and today um, tired legs had a few aches and pains yep. but in terms of the re reduction from from doms it's it's sensational so guys have you got any races coming up or if you've got maybe a, a really big training weekend coming up um, it can make such a big difference in, on how you can uh, get through that weekend and, and not have it beat beat you up you still get tired legs it's not like you're going to yes. be superhuman you're not, you're not on drugs <laughs> but uh, it makes a really big difference in terms of how you can get through it and how you can recover so, so check it out endurance
com and uh, there are different ways to get it shipped around the world so check it out there and John if you're in Australasia yep Aussie or New Zealand John does it to there as well so you can get that happening as well okay Jonbo so we had our 10 year anniversary let's talk about the weekend first we did do some interviews and we'll put them on afterwards and we'll also have the prize draw have you got the name of the person in the prize draw who won it I've got it in my head yes okay, um, and uh, so let's talk about the weekend so first of all Friday morning I woke up it looked like the world was about to blow over Bevan's texting me oh should we have a backup plan for no, the show no it wasn't, it wasn't that it was more it, like it didn't seem like it was going to be safe oh, in the morning yeah Weather was a bit marginal, but the forecast was that it was going to clear up and it was going to be okay. And it was actually fine. So and we turn up to Corsia Bay. Yes. Yeah, so, as it, I, I just initially we were going to swim across this harbour we've got in Christchurch, and I th- and, and that logistically could be done, but I thought oh, it might be easier if we just stood out and back. And as it happened, you swim from this bay, Corsia Bay, to this big island uh, in the middle of the harbour and back, and it just so happened that it was basically three point eight k. So it was perfect. When we did it, it actually turned out to be about. To, we, we all swam some pretty marginal lines, especially yeah. on the way out. And, and mine on the way back because I didn't know which bay I was going to. So I kind of did this kind of loop, kind of a hockey stick swim. <laughs> yeah. So I got 3.6 when we came in, so I had to tack on a little bit extra. When we were going out, it was quite hard to sight because you're swimming at this island. It's just a big rock face and you kind of, so it was, sighting was a bit of a challenge. Pretty choppy conditions. And as you're going to hear when Bevan, I think, has a chat to me, I found it pretty frigid. Yeah, you were freezing, mate. Mm. You were chatting away. You were like, you <laughs> Which is bizarre because I didn't find it that cold. Ballpark, it was about 15 degrees centigrade, I think. The, the round at Tails Mistake, they measured there and it said about 15 to 16. So yeah. uh, not f- Arctic, but still I, I suffered a bit. Swim for me, um, I was just getting through it. Mm, you did very well. Did you take your time or not? I, I just swam but the only thing on the way back is because I, I really was confused about the bays because mm. I, I just couldn't figure out I should have stopped at the, at the Quay Island stood up because I went, got to Quay Island at 32 I think it was and then yeah I turned around I think I, my total swim time because yeah I think I did like 108 or something like that but um, but yeah no it was just getting it done like it was because the thing is I did no swimming going into it but I knew I could swim an hour Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. you know, I knew I could swim now. So I did try to draft a little bit, but it was pointless. Yeah. <laughs> I would jump on people's feet and just lose them straight away. And then Heathrow was telling me, because he started a little bit late, and he was swimming next to me and he was going backstroke. And and at first I, I didn't recognise it, but the next day on the bike he was going to me, did you not see I was doing backstroke? And I thought, I did actually see that, but I kind of thought I was seeing things because yeah. I was like, why was that? <laughs> and he was just being a smart ass. Yeah. So, but no, I was, the swim was, you know, get it done. And, and I was happy with that. So I ended up, uh, yeah, doing an arm back and it was uh, ended up being 3.928 kilometres and it took me an hour five and you, you didn't seem to be too far behind that, but that was my little tack on out yeah, back. So yeah. nice work in getting through the swim, Bevan. Yep, so then the next day we woke up and uh, the one thing, the, one of the real highlights of the weekend was the weather. Like, uh, you know, as much as I woke up Friday morning the crazy wind. We did go out for a few be- br- brewskis yeah, after Friday Yeah, we went out, had a few drinks and went to a cool bar and kind of had some chats and stuff. And then woke up Sunday morning and you just couldn't have got a better day for training. Perfect autumn day. Mm. In the first, pretty much the first 80% of the day, the wind was perfect. Uh, and just nice weather, absolutely stunning. And so we got up, we met at the bottom of the hill, did a very challenging ride. So we rode to Akaroa along the top, which is pretty challenging, down into Akaroa around the bays, and then back up a hill we called the Bastard at the end. Mm. And uh, How was you- that hill climb for you, Bevan? Well, I, I, I was surprised. My strategy going into the day was do as little work as possible on the flat, which I kind of conveniently... I didn't actually plan to be where I was, but it just worked out. So when we take off, you know how a big pack will work, you kind of just work around. 
And uh, and I didn't deliberately position myself to do that. But as we took off, I was just in the right position where I only really did got to the front of the pack just as we're hitting Little River. So mm. I did maybe a couple of minutes at the front of the pack, yeah. which definitely worked to my advantage. And then we stopped, had a quick break, and then we headed up the hill. And my strategy going up the hill was don't go into the hard zone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So don't 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 get that kind of – like it wasn't heart rate. Like I'm heart rate, I was – all right mm. it was more don't get that burning feeling in my quads and so i just thought you know what sit in that zone and i managed to sit with you guys and you, no one was really it wasn't a race no, it was keep, it, i was keeping it gentle yeah i think <laughs> if, if it had been a race it would have been a t- i would have been just dropped off the back but i managed to just kind of yeah just manage along really well and we got to akaroa i was really feeling really good but probably my biggest mistake was you went so we're coming out of akaroa we do a few bays and then we go up to the hilltop pub and john went for it and I got a bit keen there for about two minutes and I tried to sit beside John and there's no way I can stay off for you nowadays. And he just took off. And then a couple of other boys, uh, I think it was Heathrow and Phil, um, they took off as well. And, and again, I tried to stay with them for a few minutes and I was like, you know, you've still got a long way to go. So I kind of just sat in my zone and just kind of worked up that hill. But I have to admit, when we stopped for the pie, I started to get a few shakes. <laughs> I, was, I was eating my pie. Because how, how far we go? We've been another 50k to go after that. After oh, yeah, at least. At yeah. Least. So that was cool. So we got out of the pies, and I'm still feeling fine. Start doing the laps back, you know, heading back to on the flat before we hit the last hill. And I, we start to hit the wind. The wind picked up about mm. 15k to go. I got a flat tire, which helped me a little that bit was as a, well. You had a good explosion there. Pop, the big pop. Boom! And, uh, and then I got to the front of the pack as the wind was really... And I, now, and, and we're just probably, what, 5k's from the bottom of the hill, 10 k from the bottom of the hill. Mm. Now I'm starting to think, shit, I'm in trouble here. <laughs> and I'm getting to the front of the pack, and I'm sure everyone behind me felt the slowdown of the pack happen because a few of the boys at the front were the fitter boys, and they were pushing the tempo. Yeah. And I got to the front, and I'm dying. And bloody Heathrow again, the prick. So I get to the front, and I'm dying. You can tell I'm going, he goes, hey, mate, you pull through. So I start to try to go in front of me, speeds up so that I can't <laughs> pass him. <laughs> I was not happy. And then we get to the bottom of the bastards, and uh, my wheels just fell off. I just, <laughs> I, I just everyone took off. And I was literally at the back of the pack. and But I was really proud of how I dealt with that moment because, A, I'm not what I used to be and I didn't ever train. So, but B, it was, you know, you could just get down on yourself. But I was like, you know what? I got a challenge. And I just went to that mindset of how can I get the best out of this ride? What can I do to make sure I can still get up this hill and work through it? And it was hard and I, and I worked really hard through it. But, you know, I got there and, yeah, and then got home. And I think I did. I got the 180 out. I think I did 182. And yeah, I was really happy with my ride, to be honest. So a few, few highlights for you stats, people. Well, no, in t- we had a big big group, so we ended up splitting into two groups, and I think we had about 40, 40 plus people yeah, there in total. Yeah. So our, our group, when I was rolling back through, so I went to the, the front of the pack to just set the tempo for the day and make sure it wasn't too hard. And you're rolling back, and it, like, <laughs> it took forever to get back to the back of the pack. Yeah. Um, we did have some rock stars there as well. We had Dylan McNeese, so it was nice for people to, mm. some of the out-of-towners to, to meet Dylan. And Mike Phillips, who's, who's a top athlete here. Um, if you want to check out the, the stats for the day, I've put them onto our Facebook page, um, both with my swim, the bike, and the run. Um, but the ride in total for, for me, and I did tack on a bit at the end because I wanted to get 3,000 metres of climbing, uh, it was 194 k's for me. I think Bevan's would have been about 185. Yeah, uh, and, and I, my, my, my climbing was 27. Yeah, and yeah. right. Um, duration for me was uh, seven hours and 16 minutes in terms of it was actually our ride time. I think we were out there for probably about eight and a half or something like that in total. I had 3,000 metres of climbing and 
average power of 212 watts. In terms of some of those climbs that Bevan was talking about, so on the, the way back when I decided to pick it up a bit on the, the hilltop climb that Bevan talked about, it's uh, 6, 6.18 kilometres long, average grade of 7.4%, and uh, my sort of plan was to just get into a groove and try to sit on 300 watts and if anybody looks at my power curve, it's just a bit of a downward spiral. <laughs> Faded a bit towards the top and didn't quite want to go. I, th- I thought, I can I can't hold this. I ended up holding, averaging 297 watts. And I could have held 300, but I thought, it's going to be a bit of a consequence if I do this. Uh, size. Well, I was I was getting to the top and I was getting pretty tired by the top. But the bloody holy hammer, he was <laughs> catching me because I, I broke away from him at the bottom. And uh, he was just catching, you know, I could tell he was trying to get me. And I was like, oh, come on, I was just, don't let him get, and I, I think I popped them by 10 metres at the end, you know. <laughs> so there was a, I didn't mean to really attack it at the start, but I think people thought that I did. I just wanted to get into good groove, and um, yeah, my power was a little bit higher at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> well, how high was it at the bottom? Uh, let's have a look. So if I highlight the first. 420. Couple, <laughs> first couple of minutes. Uh, and it wasn't that high. No, it was, it was, it was sort of. Mid mid three hundreds and averaged okay. about three hundred, so that was our yeah big climb on on the way back, uh, and then the other one that Bevan talked about where he um, exploded. exploded uh, it gets steeper and steeper, but it's uh, six point one five kilometres long. Took me twenty five minutes, um, and I had a bit of a fade there in the second half. But it's average gradient of seven point three percent. But you've got a lot in the second half that's sort of yeah. in the ten to fifteen percent range. So. Um, yeah, so it was a, a big day at the office on the bike, and um, everybody got through it very nicely. Pe- lots of people asked me what nutrition I had on board because everybody's fascinated with the old nutrition thing. And big thing that makes it is making a difference to me now is just avoiding the sugary stuff and just you not having the highs all the way through the day. So I've certainly taken carbs on board, but I'm not having gels or, or um, drinks and things like that. I basically have two two M's bars, um, which have got a good you know low GI. <laughs> Um, carbohydrates in them. I had two M's bars. I had some some nuts, and uh, the rest of the time was water. One bottle of Ucan, and then I had the pie. Those pies were sensational. At on about the 130k mark on the way home, and I did have one iced chocolate there, which I know has a bit of sugar in it, but it was bloody good. So yeah, that was pretty much my day. Yeah. And the thing with with, with our, which what I'm finding with the low carb side of things, or the or the lower carb, low, lower sort of um, sugary stuff, is you just much more flat line all the way through the day in terms of you don't have those spikes and when you finish the bike ride in contrast to the way that we used to train when I used to say go to the gorges and you have all these big interval sessions and stuff you at the end of it you know you're shaking and, and and you're struggling and you're just throwing all sorts of shit in um just finish the ride and yeah I'm a bit hungry and need some stuff on board but um you just don't lose control like we did in the past so um, it was good funny stuff. story from the day Pete Colson um, um, John may even get a little bit angry about this one but he was saying you know Dan yeah yeah he was having a smoke on the bike it doesn't surprise me <laughs> yeah Pete Colson goes I was riding along and this guy <laughs> pulls out a smoke and has a smoke while he's yeah. riding. <laughs> it was pretty funny. He's still getting over his head trauma from yeah, the day before. Yeah, the day before he fell off his bike. Maybe it was because he was smoking while he was on his bike, so that was pretty funny. Um, any other highlights from other people? I think everyone was pretty happy with their rides, weren't they? Yeah, no, there was a lot of people. I, what was really cool for me was, and, and you're in the group as well, I, I thought things might split up more than they did, but our group that we had for the bulk of the ride, you know, would have been... It was only the last 20k where it split up. Yeah, it would have been... 15 to 20 people in the group 
group and we're going along the top of these hills, amazing views, it was just a brilliant day and I was at the front early on then I started taking some pictures and I sort of dropped to the back and we're just, it's very rolling up and down with some pretty big pictures uh, in terms of gradient and just seeing the group sort of cornering really nicely and zigzagging through all the hills and stuff um, and, and it just one big line of athletes with no cars around and stuff was uh, was very cool. Yeah, and it's stunning. Going over towards Ekaro was just beautiful. We've got lots of pictures on the Facebook page from um, from the weekend. So then day three, uh, day three, there was kind of lots of options. There was the for those who were doing the marathon, I think we had maybe six, eight of us did the Probably marathon. About eight, I'd say. Yeah. Eight, eight to ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we all met up at John's house. A couple of them met us along the way. Um, we basically did 20k on the flat sitting on five minute k's and john was doing his walk although his walk's a funny walk it's a a brisk walk it's it's a very light jog almost in some ways i couldn't walk with you yeah i had to run (laughs) so in the end i was trying to run ahead of you and just walk my pace so you'd catch up and pass so um but it was a very casual kind of run would stop a bit where we needed to um regroup a few times along the way so we hit 22 k's by the time we picked up everybody else Mm -hmm. and then we did this beautiful run along the top and around the bays now i was about 30k into it so when we got to the top of Captain Thomas mm-hmm. I started to fade about there and I was like oh no I'm in trouble here and mm. I couldn't hold the five minute pace and you guys were just kind of slowly creeping in here and I thought you know you know what just let it go and then you guys stopped to the toilet and mm. and I, caught, I you, by then you probably had two or three minutes on me mm. and um, and I thought well bugger it I must just keep on running because I don't need to go to the toilet and you'll, you'll catch me but you guys actually end up doing more doing something else but then I got to the the track which was a track basically heading towards what is it, Taylor's mistake, and yeah. over. And I just got my second wind, you know, mm. and, I, and I had a strong, I felt great coming home. It's like, mm. You know when you had that real, oh, mate, this is going to be a long, yeah, and yeah. then you turn it around, yeah. and I got on that track, and just the gradient, and, you know, you could use your angles a little bit more, and yeah. little pushes and stuff. So I, I was really happy when we ran, and I, I did exactly a marathon. So Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah we it turned out that I got the distance pretty much bang on. We, we did tack on the tiny bit, so I ended up with 43.1 kilometres. Our run time was uh, three hours, 58.20. I'm not sure that might, I don't think I stopped my watch all the time when we were when we See, were my run time was 3.45. Yeah, so yeah. there was a few Because I did try stops. to stop it most times. Um, and yeah, we stuck sort of, by and large, to the sort of five-minute K pace, and it was quite social, and just the second half. The, in fact, that whole run was was pretty nice. We ran along the side of a river for yeah, the first run, sort of 10 to 15 Ks, and then sort of out through the seaside villages, and then, uh, then uh, you know, it's just a stunning run. So, yeah, it was good times. So for me, for the run, um, yeah, I was as I said earlier, the extreme endurance, my legs were actually feeling pretty reasonable. I did start to get some aches and pains um, in the second half of the run, but it was quite bad. Well, the good thing was it was balanced. My, one of my hamstrings was starting to get a bit sore, and I was a little concerned about that. But then my right knee was getting sore as well. So it was my left hamstring and my right knee. So I thought, oh, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm balanced. I'm not going to start <laughs> favouring anything too much. Um, but by the end, I was, um, yeah, I was getting pretty sore by the end. So for me, it was like I was really trying to run almost like avoidance because I was a little bit injured during the week, but the injury didn't actually play up at all. So I was just real small cadence, real high cadence, real slow um, distance per stride. And uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, it was, it was more just the energy level at a certain point. But other than mm. that, it was pretty, although yesterday, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my knee, I was like, because I didn't feel my knee at all in the run. Mm. But then yesterday, my knee was like, oh my God. And I, I taught two classes yesterday. So I did my spin class at six yeah. in the morning. And then I did my tech class. And I was going to take it easy. But you, when you've got 100 people in front of you, you kind of don't. But I think the tech class was a blessing in disguise because mm. today. Gotta get active. Yeah, yeah. But today I feel great. So. 
you know, still a bit sore, but generally speaking. So again, a highlight for me on that run, much like the bike, was um, we had quite a big pack that, that stayed together by and large for, for a big chunk of the run. Mm. And uh, especially once we met up with a lot of the guys at the halfway point, then we probably had about a good 20 plus yeah. people running together. And uh, again, just running along the summit road and, and just a big pack, um, keeping it all nice and social. And again, it was just uh, it was fun, fun for us to be able to show off Christchurch and some of the best stuff we've got here. And again, the weather really helped. Also, just highlights from the weekend, as uh, they said, the night we had the function it's a good fun night we had a quiz night carb crazy carb. <laughs> i tell you what because we don't organize the, the function the night and uh and uh, there's always the concern when you go to a restaurant with a bunch of triathletes because you know we do tend to overeat and and i thought oh we could be in trouble here there might not be enough food cheapest creepers did they put on some food yeah, so it's basically a pizza joint the reason i chose it is they had a separate dining room out the back because I thought that'll be that'll be great yep. for us and it was the right sort of size and uh, I said look we don't we don't want just pizza 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 we want some salads yeah. so I've got a menu we still did get pretty much pizza 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 we did get some, some other stuff no, as well no I said the pasta and the salads but there was so much food yeah I don't think anyone went without and then my, my lovely wife surprised us with a, uh, a 10 year anniversary yeah. cake yeah, was with a picture nice. of us on the front yep so yeah so that was a real fun night so and, and I think you know we're going to name people who came along um, as well but also um, it was just a really cool weekend, wasn't it? You mm. know, it was just a great bunch of people, you know, and also people homestaying. So I had Pete and Mel staying with me. Just, wow. you know, that kind of, you know, just a really great bunch of people. Just that whole thing of triathletes are kind of cool people. Mm. And I know every community has their dorks, but, you know, at the end of the day, we were just around a great bunch of people having this fun experience together. And, yeah, it was a real, real – mm. like it just made me remind me of – because you know, I've been away from the sport so much. And the, the one thing I didn't really embrace in, when I did the sport was the community aspect of it as much as I probably should have. Um, and, you know, like it was just really cool, not just the people from overseas and from around the country, but also, you know, the local triathletes and yeah, just a really fun, supportive bunch of people, eh? Hey? Mm, yeah, exactly. It was good, good times. So we want to name some S- people. Special thanks to those guys that came from overseas to help us celebrate. Melissa Uri, um, Mike Pizzle, Peter Faust, uh, Duncan Penny. I should be using their nicknames. Yeah, Actually, I think I know them. Melissa is uh, Bigfoot. Mike Swizzle Pizzle. Um, Peter Thor Faust. Uh, he, he said, guys, I'm going to do six-minute Ks on the run. He stayed with us the whole time. And then he <laughs> passed me when I was suffering. I was like, you prick. <laughs> and then uh, Duncan, is it uh, Danger Penfold, yep, yep. I think? Uh, Jeremy, I think, Canalian Hopwood. Peter, what do you call him, the insider? Yeah, Colson? maybe. Yeah, I think it might be, yeah. And yeah, they, pretty well with the nicknames, yeah. Yeah, so there's, uh, those are the guys that came from uh, out of New Zealand, which was great. And then we had uh, some out-of-towners here as well. Matt Anderson came up from Geraldine. Yep. Warren, Agent Smackdown Sutherland is from Wellington. Andrew Diplodocus Kerr from Wellington as well. I he, he suffered in the run, but he, he, he stuck it out because yeah. he did the marathon as well. Um, Doug Gordon I'm not, I'm not sure if I had much of a chat to Doug um, John the Mountain Snail Hancock kept up his uh, Mountain Snail name so we're doing this descent into Akira it's a pretty treacherous steep very fast descent and we come careering down there and you're flying and you <laughs> yeah, are flying you, you have to break pretty yeah. heavily because it's so fast and we're passing the cyclist and we just ripped straight past him, almost went in the back of him and we got to the bottom and I said, I think I said to Melinda, that was the mountain snail up there and he goes, no, that wasn't someone part of our group, surely not, <laughs> nobody can go down the hill that slow, but he did and Alan Bryson came down from Nelson, he's training up for uh, Ironman Australia coming yeah, up. Three weeks I think it is, he was, he was going strong too. 
Uh, so yeah, just thank you everyone to come along, and uh, it was it was definitely a highlight, and uh, I really enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, it was good times. Here come all the interviews. Here come all the interviews. Least response first, John sponsor. Well, this is going back Athlinks.com. Uh, John, again, we're building up this big age group of the week that that John Hancock's been submitting, and he was saying when he was um, profiling this person, he wanted some content. He's like, oh, I can't remember what races they did. So I just went on to Athlinks. And this guy isn't even on Athlinks, but he plugged his name in and then uh, managed to find pretty much all the results that he'd ever done. Really? So if you've got anybody, you know, say maybe you run your club newsletter or or, um, or you're trying to find out some information on anybody, just go on to Athlinks and plug them in there. you find out all the dirt on them, find out their weak points, figure out where you're going to sort of Press your buttons when you're racing against them to make sure that you can crush them when you go out there. So, and that's what's cool is because if you haven't joined athletes, it's still going to have all the res- or a lot of the results you've done from mm. races if they put you know the results up there or if the results are on there. And so for you know the person John's talking about, their results are there. And yeah. so you know even if you haven't gone and submitted races, you may find a lot of races that you've done in the past you'll exactly. be able to claim. So it's pretty exactly. cool. Let's check it out athletes.com. You can keep all your race results in one place. And they've, they've also been with us for like 10 years as well. Yeah, they've been for much. a long time, yeah, haven't they? Yeah. So like, good on them, Athlinks. So Athlinks.com, guys, make sure you support them because they support us. Okay, John, but I'm just going to put on all the little interviews. There's no kind of real order here. They're kind of a little couple of minutes here or there with all of them. Um, and we'll be back after that. Oh, the prize draw will be in there as well. Yes. So the prize draw. And that's at the night time. So, yeah, listen up if, you, if you're a patron. Someone's going to be very happy in the next 20 minutes. Okay, we are, I'm actually here with John right now, and everyone's gone quiet, so keep talking to people. Uh, and we're at the, the, the first event in the I Am Talk 10-year anniversary weekend. John, how are you feeling? I'm feeling confident, Bevan. I think I've, I think I've got you right where I want you. <laughs> well, I know, I'm on the shore. <laughs> exactly. So we've got, how many athletes have we got here right now? Uh, roughly 20. I think we're going to have about 25 maybe so by the time we kick off. And how many good swimmers do we have? Uh, we have several. I've got my little cronies who come down swimming with me twice a week here, and they'll be leading it out. And then we've got a few in the middle, and I think we have a few people keeping you company as well. Yeah, we've got many plebs. That's all I want to know. Without naming names, who are the plebs? Point to them. I think you hang with the grinder. Hang with okay. the grinder. And grind it out with the grinder. Okay. Out. Although the grinder did say she was going to do laps of Corsi Bay, but I think we need to talk her out of that. Well, I actually figure actually because I was doing a bit of a met my run. It's actually three point six if you go to like the closest point. There and back. Yeah. Yes. So, so you're actually better off to do that and do the full thing. You're going to round it up to 3.8. I've got the I've got the watch. We're rounding up to 3.8. I figure I'll be swimming more than 3.8 based on my. But although the boats, surely we can side off them. Yes, we can. Yep. And uh, straight across, straight back. Okay. So it's the beginning of our weekend team. It's pretty exciting times. Could see so many people here. We've got people from Singapore, from Australia. And Ca- Canada, I haven't, uh, yep, they're all over the place. Yep, we've got a couple of Australians stuck in custom. Melina's doing his arm circle warm-ups. Oh, he's laying down the smackdown, isn't he? He's just kind of intimidating everyone else. So it's all on like Donkey Kong. Okay. Bevan was trying to pike out earlier today. Should we come up with a backup plan? What's our backup plan? I was plan? blowing a gale this morning. So there's no need for a backup plan. Okay. Take a cement pill and so we're away. We'll be getting some interviews throughout this one. Maybe I'll give the microphone to Dr. David out of the water as well. So anyway, team, let's rock and roll. We've got this young stud coming out of the water. So Ben, what was it like? Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't too bad, um, it's a bit choppy, but uh, water was warm enough once you got going after sort of three or four hundred metres you're into it. Um, I think a few people had a bit of trouble with a bit of the current out there, sort of a bit off course, but um, yeah. Yeah. there's a few people still on their way over there when we uh, decided to turn around and head back. Um, did, you, did you go right across? Yeah, we, we uh, made it right across, so about ten of us probably got there and then um, we all turned around and 
started off together on the way back. Good man, well go and have a beer. <laughs> Cheers. Dr. Dave, uh, Dr. Feelgood's with me right now, he's been doing the, uh, been doing the interviews. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on all the swimming today? I'm glad they're doing it and I'm not. <laughs> it looks very cold out there. Uh, I'm sure you just saw master technique class from everyone swimming today. Yes, it was, mate. It was good open water swim technique. Brilliant. I just made sure my last 100 metres looked good because I tell you what, it wasn't pretty out there. Well, I was impressed. Who's that guy? Oh, oh, then I saw you, mate. You thought Phelps would come to the swim, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Phelps is making a comeback. He's coming back. <laughs> no, everyone looks good. It's funny, though. Some of the locals think it's warm, water's warm. Some of the foreigners think it's freezing cold. So there's a bit of a real mix of everything. Oh, I actually find it too bad, to be honest. No? Yeah, but, a bit salty. You know, got a bit somebody, more fat on me nowadays, mate, you know. Somebody <laughs> said it was salty. Can you believe it's ocean? They said look at you, Timmy. Look, he looks like an old lady yeah, right now. Look at these skinny wee boys. because he's got no carbs. You know, <laughs> he's no carbs. carbs. He does. <laughs> We're going to have a beer, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this uh, freezing old lady standing right next to me right now. John Newsom, you look, what's, what's up, mate? I need some carbs, Evan. I need some carbs. <laughs> so who, this is what I hear you saying. You've you got chattering chin, mate. Oh, I'm pretty cold. <laughs> How'd your swim go? It was okay. Pretty cruisy. And uh, these ones, we've still got a couple, three to come in, and they've been in there for a little while. So uh, they're doing very well. Who took the swim out? I think it's Agent Smackdown, isn't it? I think that is Agent Smackdown. He smacked it down at the start. He was in front of me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Who actually took the swim out? I've got no idea. Do we know who took the swim out? Melina's being gone, is he? Yeah. Melina's probably sitting in his cave in a nice quiet one. Yeah, well, John's bloody freezing here. Well, mate, I'll, I'll give you a hug and keep you warm. Yeah. <laughs> you really I am cold. really quite cold. <laughs> get my jacket on, get my jacket. Wait a second. Uh, okay. What's, what's your nickname? Danger. Danger, Danger. Danger, Dun Duncan, Danger. Dun Duncan, Danger. I've got Duncan, Danger right here. He came out of the water today and he's got the John Newsom chatter happening right now. How'd your swim go? Uh, it was a good swim. It was nice to get over. It really reminds me how long 4Ks really is. Was it, was it an accurate 4K? Was it pretty? Uh, I measured uh, 3.9 or 3.95, something close to that. It was pretty close enough. Uh, you, you're training for Kins in uh, what six weeks? Is it 69 days or something? You're saying? Uh, about nine weeks. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the ride tomorrow. Tell you what, after you do tomorrow's ride, Kins will be easy, mate. We piece to piss. Yeah. So when did you arrive? Uh, very early this morning. Had a sleep in the airport and then connected from Auckland down to Christchurch to meet all you boys and girls. And uh, where are you based in Australia? In Brisbane, the south side of Brisbane. Who you got to give a shout out to? Oh, the, the boys that ride the um, uh, the Redlands on Sunday morning. The Redlands crew? <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Rob, um, uh, Westy, Matt, Foz, Cam. I'm struggling. Yeah, And the rest of them. I've got brain freeze at the moment from the super, super cold uh, water. So I'm, I'll, I'll ask you after me. tomorrow's bike. Yeah. yeah hey, well done, Danger, mate. Good work. Cheers. Diplodocus next to me and a mountain snail and T-Rex is I tell you what, if, if you want to impress some ladies you put some of those on don't you mountain snail For, fortunately uh, it's uh, not a video because uh, T-Rex has got some pink speedos on which are pretty pretty obscene it's pretty cold out there you can tell by the speedos <laughs> how'd you find the swim boys how'd you go T-Rex it was really nice it's lovely bay really really nice to swim out there so it wasn't too cold for you oh no that water is lovely that's, that's really nice my um my swimming's really bad though. Yeah. <laughs> what well, you said you want to do one twenty? What'd you come in on? One twenty four. Yeah, that's pretty close. In Mount Snow, how'd you go? Uh, I've got no idea actually. I arrived with about two seconds to spare. He literally <laughs> did. Literally, <laughs> we're taking the photo. I don't think you're even in the photo. We've just done the photo, and then he's he's basically jumping in the water and away he goes. No, it's all good. So Quail Island, never done that before. It's a bit murky. This uh, Littleton Harbour nonsense. Yeah, it's, no, it's not really Hawaii, is it, when, when we look at the tropical water here. But still, we've, we've conquered what, conquered the bastard. We have. Here knocked we him off. No, it's really good. 
well. uh, almost swam back to the wrong bay, but apart from that, we uh, we did well. Looking forward to tomorrow's bike ride. Are you doing the whole thing too? Yep. Yep. Well. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Mount taking the drive option. Yes, I'm doing the edited highlights of tomorrow's ride. I'll do the scenic bits, but not the uh, not the long out and back. Soft, 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 soft. soft. John, you're a disgrace to Wellington. Oh, the Wellington. Keep, was it absolutely positive? Hi, good team. Well, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Bring it on. Peter Thaus, Thor, with me right now. How you going, mate? Yeah, pretty well. What, what, what made you want to come over for the weekend? Why? Oh, uh, just be a love, lovely place to go and visit and yep. see the see the things of Christchurch and yep. Akaroa and yeah, it'd be great. So, so I was speaking to Peter last night. He's uh, he's Thor. Uh, get it right, Bev. He's he's actually going to be trying to. Well, he's doing Ironman Kins in a few weeks. Yeah, that's right. Oh, about ten weeks, probably yeah, mid mid June. But yeah. And yeah. How's the training going? Uh, I've ramped it up from Telpo, so I'm hoping the body will hold together and try to get you know maybe 10, 15 minutes out of, more out of myself and yeah. try to get closer to that that carrot dangling in front of me, that cane slot. You were talking, you were talking about Telpo uh, last night. He was just saying how he basically knocked 30 minutes off his PB, had a really good race, got under that 10-hour mark, just a little bit off qualification. So you got that carrot in front of you. What what changes in the way you a what changed to get you to that 30 minutes, and then what changes moving forward? Um, just more focused on more my training plan, executing that a bit better, and uh, things like having you know naps at in you know during the day, just recover a bit more because that's pretty important with training, you know, weighing up training and uh, recovery. So I reckon that helped a lot, and probably came into the race not hundred percent focused on the race because being a being a busy triathlete. Um, you're focused on work and stuff and then bang you're at the race and you go, oh, I'm just going to execute. I was happy to just turn up. Yeah. I was just happy just to do the race, yeah, just turn up, do the race and um, execute it. Yeah, yeah, I had a great day. It was, it was, all, it was perfect. Kins is, is slightly faster than New Zealand, so what kind of time if you were to qualify, uh, and there's more slots in Kins, which helps because championship race, so if you, if you are to qualify, I don't want to go and talk about qualification too much, but what kind of time do you think you'd need to do? Uh, look, I've looked at the the results from the previous years, and it varies, and also it varies with temperature as well. So, uh, yeah, I can't, I don't know the hundred percent answer to that, but it could be. Yeah, if I aim for about nine forty, nine thirty-five, and stab in the dark, you know, see how I go. But yeah, weather, there's so many factors. You know, I could not. It's kind of how long's a piece of string. Yeah. Um, just lastly, what do you love about sport? Now this sport. Yeah. Mate, it's something what I enjoy. Yeah, people are great. Um, you can travel the world. Um, yeah, just it's a lifestyle, really, isn't it? So um, uh, I don't know how long I can do it for, but um, we'll see how we go. Yeah, yeah you can. You'll be knocking out. Well, good luck today. It's going to be a pretty tough day for us today. Uh, you doing the whole? You doing the whole thing? Yeah, I'm doing the epic ride. So uh, see how the body holds up. 1800 metres of climbing, 180 k's, and it's, it's going to be a very challenging day. I've got about 55 gels in my pocket, so I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Bring it on, Pete. Well done, mate. Yeah, thanks, mate. Hey, that's chewing gum. That's, that's taking around forever. That's biodegradable. Oh, oh, chewing gum. He's not here, mate. We've got Dr. Feelgood, uh, Dr. Dave here. Uh, how you going, mate? I'm pretty good, though. A bit croaky. Let's say a big thank you for coming along and helping out this weekend. It's, you know, you're kind of giving up quite a bit of your time just to support the crew. Thank you so much for that. Mate, it's a pleasure. Look, this, this thing's been around as long as I have. Well, not quite, <laughs> but it's always fun, isn't it? Well, you, uh, it always amazes me with you, Dave, because your, your commitment to supporting others in the sport's always been a, a really strong thing. And why do you have that? 
I guess it's about taking people to places they've never been, just so they have a good experience, you know, and I enjoy doing it. It comes naturally, so why wouldn't I? Well, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people out there in the sport who are maybe a little bit more selfish and uh, don't necessarily give back in the way you do. And also it's not just, you know, the time commitment, but also the energy you give. So it's, it's a really cool thing. Well, yeah, well, thanks. And, and it's something I, I, I just enjoy. And it's something um, that it's good to see somebody get to the end of a day or halfway through a day, especially, when, especially with the epic camp. That, that's always the telling part, eh? You get to day five and think, holy crap, what am I doing here? Yeah. And it just needs a little bit of extra motivation, a little bit of um, doing something good for somebody, something nice for somebody. Go, okay, we can carry on for the next day. Yep. Yeah. You, you've been a bit, bit of a rough time recently, you know, yeah. a bit of sickness and stuff and a bit of just kind of burnt yourself out. So how do you come back from this? So just maybe tell us where you're at and where you, how you're coming back. Yeah, I got a virus about six months ago. I did uh, Ironman Perth, Ironman Western Australia, Ironman New Zealand, and it just all got too much. The body just collapsed on me, and um, Dr. John Hallam has told us, kind of said, I've dug myself into a bit of a hole. So now it's just doing nothing. I put on three kgs. I felt like a fat bastard. Mate, uh, I, I didn't recognise you. I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> and so now, just about six or seven months off, doing nothing, but he, just some light stuff, some yoga, just relaxing and getting healthy again, then come back next year. For, for people like us who, you know, exercise is kind of a key ingredient to a sense of steam and, and identity and stuff like that. How do you handle that and how do you move through that? Good question. I, I, I sort of said when this happened, is it, um, am I, am I uh, identified by what I do or who I am? And I think it's given me a chance to stand back. I love the sport because of the variety and it brings in the people I meet and the places I can go. But now this is more about perhaps realigning where I'm at and uh, maybe taking a look at life from a different angle. And perhaps there'll be some good stuff coming out of it. I mean, I'm, I'm having more downtime now. I'm spending better time with family and friends. So that's a bonus. Yeah. Oh, well, good luck today. I'm sure you'll be cheering us along when I'm grovelling up the hill. Well, I've got to go and get those pies organised, mate. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I've gone for the cheese pie, and I'm pretty happy about that. I love a cheese pie. I'm a steak pie, man, so I've got to get the orders in. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you throughout the day. I've got, I've got a legend of the sport next to me right now, uh, the Terminator, Scott Molina. How are you going? Good, good. But, but he's not just a legend in the sport. He's obviously a fashion icon as well because he's turned up with his helmet, and describe it to me, Scott. Everybody asks me about these. They're called cat's ears, and they reduce the wind noise around your ears, so it's so the so it's quieter. You can hear better, and uh, like if you're wearing headphones or whatever, it's, uh, you get much better sound quality. Because one thing I find a little bit frustrating about those who get frustrated with people who wear iPods, because it's to me, winds louder than than an iPod, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. People are like we're riding with the wind, so and does it keep your ears warm? No. No, so it's purely just a sound thing. Yeah. Wow. They, they do have they do have winter ones though that that cover that whole triangle about, uh, over your ear, oh, wow. so those ones are war warmer for sure. Now I was talking to you last night. You did try on uh, City to Sky, Sea to Sky last weekend, and uh, you know you had a pretty good race, but you got pipped at the end. What happened, mate? Oh, uh, hey. Um, I saw Ian Wood coming, and I thought, oh, he's, he's going to blow past me. I didn't see Phil coming. And if I had saw him coming, I swear, I would have went freaking heart attack hard. But it, by the time he, I knew he was there, it was too late. <laughs> this is a new tomb, heart attack hard. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I did go hard. I had a good race, and I went really hard. So, no, I was happy to be there with those guys at the end. What's the plan today? Uh, just ride. Just enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You've been a big part of our show, you know, you've been really supportive of what we do, you're I think our second pro interview, um, you know, well, you know, and you've always been really positive about the show, what do you enjoy about what we do? Oh man, 10 years worth of, of entertainment and information, you know, from your show, weekly, for 10 years, it's been outstanding, no, I, 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 I John said don't bring your iPod today, but I know it's going to get quiet after about six hours, yeah, so, I put mine in <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, something to, something to help me get back home. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I, I listen to every show and, and um, you know, I look forward to it. 
Well, well, thank you so much for the supporter show because you're really happy, and Legends in particular. You're actually behind the scenes a key ingredient to that show because it's, it's we love Legends, and you know you're a big connection for us with that show as well. Yeah, I love that show too, and um, you know I think uh, as time goes by, you know you're going to find that that might be the only history of some of those people that you can find yeah. other than though maybe a wikipedia page yeah. but but actual real real conversations yeah. with people you know they're just your, your show's unique in that way and um and i think it's 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 you know like i say 10 20 years from now people are gonna say why didn't you ever talk to paulie curie yeah. uh who just died recently? There was somebody who, oh, like like Steve Head, yeah. the guy who invented Head Wheels. You know, he's dead. Yeah. You know, whoever whoever had a lengthy interview with him. Yeah. You know, I mean, as time goes by, chances are, you know, that more and more people are going to die. And yeah. I think, you know, the show is going to have a record of, a, of those people's contribution to the sport. What about for you for this year? You know, I know you've always got some kind of challenge on your plate. So what's the challenge for 2016? I'm going to do the Alpe d'Huez Triathlon oh, at the end of July. That's my big project for the year. And... Um, and mostly, I've been focusing on bike racing this year. So I got nationals coming up in two weeks, um, and then some more um, pretty hardcore racing in September, October. You're not going to head over to the worlds in Australia? No, not this year. But uh, maybe when I turn 60, I might, I might give it a crack. Age up, eh? Yeah, wait till I age up. <laughs> I keep thinking it's going to get easier. Of course, it never does. But the thing with cycling is they don't really lose their speed, do they? You know, it's not like running where age does get you. Cycling, you know, the old guys are fast, aren't they? Well, and and it's it's it's. If you have time to train, yeah. cycling, you know, like triathlon, uh, you know, it makes a huge difference. And yeah. these old guys are bloody full-time cyclists. Yeah, you know, yeah. the guys I race, they, they train 20, 30 hours a week. <laughs> you know, they ride their bikes every day, a lot. And so, yeah, it's very competitive. Good times. Oh, we have a good ride today. We'll talk to you later on. Thanks, mate. We've got a religion of the show, actually. One of the contributors often to the show, Peter Colson. How you going, mate? Very well, thank you. You, you nailed that swim yesterday. Yeah, it was pretty cold, but, you know, you just struggled through those cold conditions. So. Right. He didn't even do this with me. They basically got stuck in customs. New Zealand customs weren't that favourable for you guys? No, they they obviously heard we were Aussies and uh, didn't want to let us into the country. So, yeah, they held us up for 90 minutes. So missed the whole swim. What, what, what made you want to come over for this? Uh, just to do something different, listen to the show for plenty of years. Uh, don't mind New Zealand, it's only a three hour flight, so... Yeah. Don't mind New Zealand, wow, what, what kind of praise is that, John? I don't mind New Zealand. Well, the, like, the, I suppose the thing I like about New Zealand the most is you've got pretty much the same flag as us, so that, that's, <laughs> that's like a really good thing, like you've copied us just with a few less stars, but, you know, it's good because we'll probably end up taking over you guys eventually and, you know, just take you on as an extra two we'll states. be Australia part two. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Below, below Tessie. Yeah, yeah, just the eastern states, yeah, the far east. The far east states. What's the plan today, mate? We've got 180 or 160. What are you thinking of doing? Um, I'm going to ride with the slower group and do the 160, which John says should take probably about nine hours. So. Did you really say that, John? <laughs> I was going to say it's a long time riding, but I've got I've got fifty dollars, so that should buy me plenty of food and drinks along the way. So yeah, I mean, I'm looking for the food factor as well. Well, good luck today. Are you running tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, I'm running tomorrow. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's about the only thing I can do. Oh, nice. So yeah. No oh, mate, I expect you to take it out tomorrow. Uh, I won't be taking it out unless if I start about three hours before everyone else. Nice mate. We have a good ride today, mate. Bring it on. You too. I got the I got the coach John Newsom here with me, setting his bike up, his Garmin's getting set up. Is it is it linking? We got to we got to have the the we don't want any hogs on the front of the pack. And so I'm going to be setting up an auto lap, and I'm just trying to figure out so how. I'm quite happy for someone schmuck to sit at the front. You've been, you've been messing up our microphone. Have you been eating chocolate in the morning or something? This dude's no, on our microphone. It's, it's, it's sand from the beach. Oh, gosh. You know, we're, I was doing a good job last night. Rookie.
Thanks a lot, mate. You think you're going to be warm enough there? you got just a little shorts on. I don't have the long sleeve vision. You never gave me the long sleeve vision. I've got the icebreaker underneath. I've got the arm warmers, the leg warmers, full length gloves. Yeah. What's the plan today, mate? Uh, we'll attack from the get-go, is the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you at the other side then. So, how'd your swim go last night? I was cold, man. I was really cold. You were, you, were, you, were like, you looked like you were getting sick. Yeah, no, it was a little fresh, but I was a little annoyed when I got in and only read 3.6k, so I had to go out and do an extra 200 metres uh, to get the 3.8. I did 7 based on my GPS, although based on my GPS I went backwards a few times, so I'm not sure if that was accurate. You looked like you must have swum pretty well. You weren't very far behind. You were all by yourself, though. You had no friends. Yeah, I had no friends at all. Oh, you know what? I got it done. That was the key. We had a, we had a little group of about five or six coming back. It was great. Um, so today feeling good? Yep, going to take it easy on the way out. What, yeah, what's the key to riding this ride? Uh, negative split. Easy on the way out and then uh, maybe punch a few of the hills on the way back. I think it's going to be, there's a bit of a sting in the tail going up Cooper's Knob, which uh, some people are going to get a bit of a shock yeah. on the way back. And never think about Cooper's Knob, even though when you get to the top, you've still got quite a bit further to go, haven't you? Mm, so you come up, it's about a, about a 20, 20, 25 minute climb and it's got some good pitches, 15 plus percent. It's nice. It's at the end of the day, team. We've got a big day in front of us. I'm going to keep getting more interviews. Here we go. Hello, Nikki. I've got Nikki next to me. I've just I've just met her, but she's a local because I could tell she's got a Scotty Brown's top, and I've got my Scotty Brown pants on, so we're like twins. How you going, Nikki? I'm good, thank you. So, so you're doing a triathlon for long? Uh, yeah, since about 2000. So, mm, yeah, well, that's a real long time. Yeah. What got you into it? How come my paths have never crossed? Well, I I did about 13, Ironman, uh, 12 Ironman, and then I had kids, and oh, then okay. I've just come I've come back in the last couple of years. So, so have you done 12? WTC, I mean, is like his legacy something you're aiming for? Uh, I've just done my 15th okay. in Taupo this a year. And so you are going for the legacy slots? No, not yet. No. Not yet. Kind of, kind of scares me. I've been watching John and... He's done 15, <laughs> you're going to be alright. You'll, be, you'll make it, mate. You'll be fine. <laughs> well, you know, it's a bit of a slow comeback. You get to do half the training and half the time and on half the sleep. So. For someone who has done, you know, you've done 15, so you, you are eligible for legacy. Does the process in actually getting a legacy slot scare you off or it wouldn't bother you? No, I might give it a go next year, maybe. Okay. I haven't told my husband that, but... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't give him to listen. Does he listen to the show? No, he doesn't. Okay. <laughs> this is your own secret. You can tell us whatever you want. Uh, plan for today? Well, it's my first long ride post-Ironman, so I just really want to enjoy it. Okay, great. Yeah. And you're doing which version? The 120. 120? We've got a 120 version, have we? Okay, there we go. We've got all types of versions. Have you got a version? You're going to the hilltop and back. I've oh. ridden from Mount Pleasant, so I kind of figure it's not such a short-ish ride. Oh, I, don't, I don't really know where we're going, to be honest. <laughs> I just want to ride. Because the map John sent was pretty poor, to be honest. Some of these Australian people don't know where they're going. I think we're going to have carnage all day. As long as there's food stops somewhere, I'll be more than happy. Yeah, the little river, little river. Perfect. This river, yeah. Perfect. The pies are there, mate. Yeah. Hey, I'll bring it on, Nikki. Have a good awesome. day. Nice. I've got uh, a T-Rex try here, and he's shown his, his loyalty to the show. Because I've got an old-school jersey, but he's got the Iron Man talk jersey. That is old-school. You can't give in to the corporates, Bevan. No. Cannot. Not, They're taking over. The, don't let the man win. That's right. Panama Papers, mate. I am talks under that. That's what's happening. <laughs> it seems to be the way. <laughs> how are you feeling about today, mate? How, how, how are you going to ride? Oh, I'm going to do the whole thing. Great. So, Yeah, I'm feeling good about it. It should be good. Yeah. Yeah. Are you fit? I can ride a bike. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> what was the last time you did a try? Uh, last time I finished the try? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, a couple of years, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Because you had kids, so kind of life changes. And how do you adapt, you know, to the change in life, being an athlete and kind of the responsibilities of being a parent and jobs? And you do a lot of talking, and um, and you work out what you can do and yeah. negotiations and yeah, <laughs> work out you can't do things. The big question is how good at negotiations are you? Ah, oh, we're getting there. It's a constant process. We'll get there. 
compromise, eh? Compromise. It's a beautiful thing. Hey, well, good luck today, mate, and uh, we'll see you the other side, mate. Bring it on. Yeah, thank you, Bevan. <laughs> okay, name and where are you from? Uh, Doug Gordon from Auckland. And uh, you're down for the weekend. Uh, got a family pass? Yeah, I did, yeah. Got two young kids, so uh, thankfully got the uh, time off. So, What are you training for right now, Doug? Uh, well, I was going to be the uh, Napier Marathon, but um, yeah, got a conference oh, no, in telling me last night, basically, work said, oh, you got to go to Fiji for a conference. Marathon conference. <laughs> yeah, it was a hard decision, but uh, yeah, had to go with the work. Uh, How long have you been in triathlon for? Uh, probably about five or six years. So, yeah, sort of rugby background, but uh, get into this a bit easier on the body. Yeah, what was it like going? Because rugby is such a kind of, it's a team sport, it's a contact sport, you know, it's an aggressive sport. To come into triathlon, what was the transition like? Yeah, I don't know. I, I started off in the Maldi sport, did uh, coast to coast and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I enjoy it. It's just kind of, I love the training, probably better than the races. So uh, yeah, I just enjoy getting out and group of mates, so it's good. What are you doing today? Uh, I think I'll try to go long, but uh, we'll see how we feel. I'm not really designed for uh, climbing up hills, but, you know, we'll go. Give it a go. I, I, I'm coming up with excuses. That's what I'm starting off now, so we'll see how we go. Um, and you going to do the run tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I'll probably just do the 20k, so, yeah, yeah, that'll be enough. You need to think about Fiji. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going on a family holiday there in a week, so, uh, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, even better. You're in Fiji, well. Wow. Geez, you're lucky you missed that weather by a week, eh? Hey? I know. Hopefully it'll be right when I'm there, but, uh, yeah, yeah we'll see. Hey, well, good luck today, and we'll just talk to you later on, mate. Bring it on. Roomie, my roomie. We've got my couple of roomies here. How you going, Mel? Heaps. Hey, how you going? I'm good. I'm hey, good. How are you, you feeling about today's ride? Oh, it should be a bit of fun. I think I've scared the shit out of Mel, to be honest, because I've, <laughs> I've basically said you're going to get lost, but, but you might not get lost. I know, and I'm very good at getting lost as well. So it's a real possibility. Because John's map... Debatable, C+, plus. we'll say C+. Plus. Yeah, I agree, I agree. We didn't actually print it off for you, did we? No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking a big game last night. So Mel, you're training for Ultraman Australia, when's that? It's in May. And it's and in how you feeling? Weeks. How are you feeling for that? Yeah, getting there, getting there. I'm never prepared until the race is actually happening and then, yeah, I probably still don't feel ready. So, and yeah. you've done Ultraman before, I can see you've got the Canada, Canada yeah. one on. Yep. So, so, A, what was it like and B, why would you do it again? It was amazing. Um, absolutely loved it. Pete's saying she's loopy. <laughs> um, and I'm doing it again just because it's such a cool race and I just had so much fun. So I just want to go back and do it all again. Yeah, great. Australia, 40 people apparently? Yes. Yeah. yeah, except 40 people. I'm pretty sure there's 40 coming. When there's only 40, how do you get in? Is it just first in, first serve? Yeah, you just apply. When it opens, you send in your application and then you hear back whether you're successful or not within a couple of weeks. And do, they, do you know how many people actually try to enter? No, I don't know. Oh, do you think they can expand that or is it? Um, I'm not sure because the whole essence is to keep it small, keep it local, keep it, you know, kind of underground a bit. So, I, yeah, I don't actually think they'll expand it to, you know, a couple of hundred people. What, what do you pay for an Ultraman? About $2,000 Australian. Okay. Well, you know, I suppose you pay, what, seven or 800 for an Ironman, so, yeah. you know. And this is over three days, yeah, so you get your money's worth. It's a limited race. Okay, well, well the briefing's about to start, so we're going to get the photos. So, Mel, good luck today. Thank you so much. Okay, okay, John, we are at Formaggio's right now, and I've got the team. Everyone say hello. Yay! Oh, they're off their face, team, eh? Look at them. Oh. And the winning team, the winning team of the quiz this year, who were? Super 7 dominated the dojo, came down to the tiebreaker, but John, we've got the prize pack here, it's a pretty amazing prize pack. We've got some keto sticks, it's the, the premier prize. Yes, obviously, obviously. You uh, know those tablets. John's ate more carbs tonight than he has all year. No, a gel. Some chews, some laces, k226.com caps. Book, audio, yoga. Audio Technica. Oh, really? I would have had those if I knew you had those. No. And we've got a book by Jim Vance. So well done. Let's give it over to. Can we put your hands together, everybody?
while we are here, team, it's a very exciting night in the I Am Talk world because we've got so many great patrons of the show. Oh, sorry. Okay, so we have how many patrons, John? Okay, so what John's doing right now is he's checking out how many patrons we have. So what we're going to do, team, is we're going to pass our little bag in and we're going to get some person to pull a number out. The first number will represent the hundreds, okay? We've got about 350 tickets in there. So you'll either have zero, one, two, or three. You've got a zero? Uh, we need a zero. A zero, one, two, or three, and then we'll pull the second ticket out to between what, zero and nine, and the third ticket out. And then we'll have our winner for the, the, the trip to Hawaii. And if it's someone in this room, party hard tonight. Bugger the run tomorrow. Okay, so let's get the legend Scott Molina. Come on over, Scott Molina. You're taking the first number. So Scott is going to pull a number out between one and three, and this will eliminate a few hundred people. So number 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 three. Oh, we're in the three hundreds. Okay, how many three hundreds have we got? Three forty-eight. Okay, so currently, team, as, as I'm doing the show right now, we need a four, eight, eight and a zero. No. A one, two, and a three. And store zero. Oh, yep. yep. Okay, Scott Molina is coming up again because he is the legend. And uh, he's going to come up again, the second number. And so this can be a three up to zero, one, two, three, or four. So these are the 300s. Yeah, this is the 300s. 400s. No, 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 300s. 300s, 300s. Yep, yep, 300s. We're very confused, team. We, we easily are, let's be honest. Three, four. Okay, 340. Now, who have we got on this list here? Let's name the people. This is almost cruelty, isn't it? Okay, John, name the people on the list in the 340s. Uh, there's not many. Oh, there's one. Murray Lepworth's on the list. Hold on. How do I get rid of that? Turn it that way. There we go. We're, we're, again, we're being very computer technology. Okay, we're just trying to find the list here. This is very good podcasting, I tell you. Okay, so we've got, we've got, we've got, hold on, we've got from, from Christchurch, we've got Tim McClurg. Tim McClurg. William Hunt is also from William Christchurch. Hunt, Murray uh, Holy Hammer, Letworth. Yes. We've got Thierry, how's that last one? Thierry Bessardi. Adam Philby. Adam Philby. Liam Parry. Michael Collins. James Reid. And Christopher Swain. Murray, do you want to know your number? Just the way it works, mate, the way it works. Okay, so we need up a zero through to... A zero through to what? Zero through to eight. Through to eight. Okay, again, this is great podcasting team. You guys are loving it. We know you're out there on the bike. You're a bit bored. But John's sorting out the numbers. Okay, to get the winner. To get the winner. To get the winner. Oh. Trump, oh, listen to the drum roll. Five. Sorry, Murray. Sorry. Oh. James the Feeler Reed. James the Feeler Reed. Congratulations, James. You are the winner. You're coming to Hawaii, team. It's all on, like Donkey Kong. Okay. Very good. So we're going to, these guys are staying up all night. They're going to meet us at the run in the morning. How long are you going to run for? I'm doing a marathon for about 5K. <laughs>
We have organised a wee cake. Got you on the show, mate. <laughs> I got put it on the show. Um, we've organised. Oh, we love you, girls. Cut it up, team. We're, we're running tomorrow. Carbo loading. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks, mate. Thanks, girls. Okay. Say this again. John, John, the mountain snail. He, I have to say, going down the hill today, he definitely earned his nickname. It was abysmal, but but well done. It's all good. So, guys, I just wanted to um, say something just before we all break. Now, the obvious thing is to thank John and Bevan for running the show, which is sort of taken for granted and not very interesting. Oh, we are legends. But, but um, I did get in touch with all the guys who live in Christchurch um, about six weeks ago um, because I thought another nice touch for the weekend um, would be to nominate Scott as Age Group of the Week, not as a former world champion, but just as a local age grouper because he's been one of the real inspirations behind the whole podcast. I think the truth of it is he was talking to John about this idea 11 years ago or something and that gave John this little weevil in the back of his head and that's what turned into the podcast. So I, se so, so, so I sent this email out and everyone came back and they go, oh mate, that's such an excellent idea. And I go, well, I just need a few stories, you know, sort of local stories, stuff you've done together, lo local things. And they went, yeah, no worries, bro. Bro, bro, <laughs> that's how people in Christchurch talk. Hey, bro. Pre pre precisely no stories from everybody. <laughs> um, but it's a great idea. So we, sh we tribute you, Scott, not as a world champion, but as a local age grouper and as a worthy, worthy... I did John Hellman's in the See the Sky Challenge. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... So, I beat Murray Lapworth. <laughs> so, 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 guys, your homework, you need to come up with some decent stories about what Scott's done as an age group and not in the pro era. We'll read them on the show. Yeah, and then we'll read them on the show, and that would be really good fun. So, first time I ever met, we were talking about this earlier on, first time I ever met Scott was halfway down the big descent to Iris Burn on the Kepler Challenge, and everyone was like ripping down the hill, you know, whatever, and there was this sort of old man teetering around all the corners. Um, and how to lose friends. And, and, and he had Epic Camp written on his ass. And I stopped and I went, oh, uh, Epic Camp. Have you ever done Epic Camp? And he goes, I run Epic Camp. <laughs> and I went, oh, you must be Scott Molina. He goes, damn right, bitch. <laughs> and we had a bit of a chat. And I thought, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> I can tell. One of the highlights of my life is not having the mountain snail drop you. <laughs> Hey, thanks, guys. You guys have been absolutely wonderful tonight. Have a bit of cake, and uh, we'll just get ready for tomorrow, guys. Name and where you're from. 
Uh, Matt Anderson from Geraldine. Geraldine. For those who don't know, Geraldine's what, about two hours from here? Yeah, about two hours, yeah. Bit, nice. bit of a rural little town, kind of cool little town. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really good. About 2,000 people and, yeah, <laughs> nice feel. So how long have you been doing the sport for? About five, six years. And what got you into it? Uh, I thought I'd better learn to swim when I was about 30. Oh, really? Uh, with the kids and stuff. So I thought, yeah, I went to... I was out biking one day and this guy said, oh, you can you can do it I man if you just carry on biking and running. And I said, I can't swim. And he said, well, that's just that's part of it as well. You know, you just got to go out there and do it. So uh, I learned to swim about five yeah, five years ago. Yeah. Um, like, you, how bad were you before that? Um, uh, <laughs> doggy paddle for about 10 <laughs> metres and then drown um, in the pool. I got out, of, uh, went to an adult learn to swim class um, in Ashburton and then the guy said to me there, he said, oh, how far do you want to go after seeing me doggy paddle? And I said, oh, it's a... It was uh, 1.9k at Wanaka. And he said, oh, well, you won't come first, but we'll get you to the end sort of thing. So that was quite good. And, and it's come along, obviously. Yeah, I managed to do the... Uh, I've done three falls now, so, so yeah, I'm quite so happy. Like, you know, because when you've come from an area where you have no skill set at all, you know, to get to a level which is pretty, you know, above the average, if you know what I mean, um, what's that like as in just kind of your perception of self? Uh, pretty yeah, it makes you feel really good actually. Yeah, that, that uh, that's just the confidence that gives you um, to do other things, yeah. and also projected onto the kids. I mean, that was one thing that sort of motivated me was well, I didn't want to jump in the pool with them and uh, drown myself yeah. and not yeah. be able to help them if they were having trouble. So yeah. it was that that whole side of it um, really sort of pulled you through and stuff. There was another guy on this um, course. Uh, the, adult learn to swim class sort of thing that um, couldn't put his head underwater and that was one of the things that um, it took us it took him nine weeks and in the last the last week of the course or whatever um, he finally got his head and we, we just still you know we'll rat for him kind of thing yeah, yeah. so that was the other extreme as well I mean I didn't know how to but this guy couldn't get into the water almost so are you training for a race right now uh, no no just um, taking over I might try and do Christchurch mouth and and, and um, when was that June? And so. uh, how'd your ride go yesterday? We did the long. We had a pretty tough ride yesterday. So how'd you find that? Uh, I found uh, it's probably a quicker way to find you know get to Akaroa, I think <laughs> in the car. But uh, certainly the hills are mag- they're magic over there. Yeah. Um, really, really good. Excellent ride. But uh, yeah, certainly the hills. Yeah, <laughs> still feeling it today. And you trying to pop out the full marathon today? Yeah, I'll give it a go. Yep. Yeah, I'll, uh, it won't be a record or anything like that. I'll try and keep up with you guys at the start. The, yeah. And um, and then we'll just slow it down after that, I think. And, and yeah, well, thanks for coming along this weekend and good luck uh, today. And then uh, we can just relax for the next few days after this. Cheers, Bevan. Thank you. Cheers. Okay, name, where are you from? Uh, Jeremy Hopwood, Vancouver, Canada. Hardcore Canada? Although you are passing through Australia, but it's okay. So how are you feeling? Uh, feeling good. Quads are a bit shot after three days of exercise, but... Uh, so we've, we've just literally come in from the marathon guy, you did the marathon today, you look pretty strong out there in the marathon. How's your weekend? Oh, it was fantastic, beautiful weekend, landed Christchurch Friday, didn't look too flash but weather cleared up and beautiful sunny day yesterday and nice cool day for running today. Yeah. Yeah. It's really put on for you guys this weekend hasn't it? Yeah, no, it's been fantastic for sure. It's are, been. You, are you training for anything in particular right now? Uh, yeah, so uh, Challenge Penticton which is the test event for the world in 2017, so up in Penticton, uh, so that will be the ITU world long course in 2017, so it would be good to get a lot of people out and... And are you going to do the Worlds as well? That's the plan? Yeah, that's the plan. So it's our Nationals this year and then uh, go race our Worlds in uh, yeah in uh, 2017 up there. What are the changes that have happened in Ironman in Canada over the last few years? You know, it's been a bit of a funny time with the challenge and, and Ironman. What's, what's the kind of feel in Canada right now in the sport? Uh, it's, I mean, I think the feel is that like Whistler's, like Whistler's doesn't have, is not selling out. Nothing's really selling out anymore. So it's a uh, people are there's a lot of options in order to racing and there's a lot of other stuff so i think the actual sport's still strong but the the racing uh 
it will be just good to get some core races back up and strong and hopefully challenge with the Worlds in 2017. They can kind of springboard it to being a, being a strong year. So what's what from here forward? You go back and see your parents in Australia, I think? Yeah, so off to Tassie for two weeks, so a bit of riding, a bit of running, hang out with the parents, and then uh, back to what's hopefully warming up in uh, Vancouver and uh, uh, get a half marathon the week after I get back, and then uh, and then it's uh, training about three months out for uh, Challenge Penticton. What's been the highlight of the weekend? Uh, other than meeting John and Bevan, obviously. Yeah, other than uh, other than meeting you guys, uh, I think uh, just the views, like the views on the bike yesterday up Summit Road, up above Akarara, and then the run today was just fantastic, uh, up on the tracks there and that, and seeing all the bays and that, and it's just been uh, fantastic. I think we might have to make it more than every 10-year event. Eh? It's, it was a pretty good turnouts weekend. It's been a good bunch of people away. Eh? Yeah, no, it's been fantastic. Everyone's been uh, friendly, and uh, no, it's been a great, great crew training for the weekend. Well, thanks for coming over and uh, good luck with your races moving forward and uh, we'll talk to you in the future, mate. Yep, no worries. Thanks, Bevan. Where are you from? Um, Alan Bryson and I'm from Nelson. Nelson via the UK? Yes. So you've been here forever, haven't you? Uh, coming on nine years now. So, so you did the marathon today. Now, which, you know, and you're looking pretty strong out there today, but you are doing an Ironman in three weeks. Was that, Were you a bit cautious about doing that? Uh, no, not really. It's, it was, for me, it was kind of just like perfect three weeks out and real good training weekend and kind of I would have run similar distance anyway so yeah no it's good. What have been the highlights for you? Actually finding that Christchurch has got some really good cycling and and running I mean I've been down to Christchurch loads from from Nelson and always really struggled to kind of think oh where do you go to cycle where do you go to run but actually to see what it's got to offer is amazing. What do you love about sport? Just I, I really love training so I just I just love kind of having something to do every day and that and having so much to do to, to get through Ironman is so yeah, yeah. that's so I, I love, love get, getting out on the bike love running so so you're doing Bustleton in three weeks you've got the big goal going into there your PB is currently what, 1008 isn't it 1006 yeah. um, and the goal going into Bustleton is uh, 9.30 want to break the 9.30 nice. so uh, fingers crossed but we'll just yeah, see how it goes on a day so got a pacing plan but and training's been going well? It has actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I've had, had quite a bit of time this time to haven't been working full time. So, right. yeah. what, what, um, How long have you been doing the sport for? How many races have you done? Uh, this will be number six, although of the five I've done, I've only finished four of them. So I have had a DNF. <laughs> With regards to that, how do you kind of, um, you know, what do you learn, you know, six times into it? What do you learn to kind of make you successful for this one? Um, not actually put too much pressure on to perform. Yeah. So actually go out there and just enjoy it because there's so many things that can happen, so many things that can go wrong over, over 10 hours. Yeah. It's, it's, I found it's pointless going in and saying, I've got to stick to this kind of plan. So it's go out and just enjoy each of the legs and, yeah. and if it's going to happen, it will. So, yeah. Good luck in Bustle, mate. I'm sure you'll smash it. I'm picking 19. <laughs> That'll be nice. Mate, thanks, mate. Cheers. And where are you from? Hey, Mike Pizzell, Mike Swizzle Pizzle. Oh, that's a great, that's one of the better nicknames. Were you happy when you got that one? Uh, mixed emotions, mixed emotion, but I'm starting to uh, make my peace with it. You sound gangster, the Pizzle, Pizzle, whatever it is. True. Uh, True. Hey, how'd you go this weekend, mate? Oh, great. I had a great time. I had a great time. Uh, I, I was bringing up the rear on most of the, uh, <laughs> most of the rides, but I uh, had a good time. Where are you from? From uh, Australia originally, but I've been living in Singapore the last yeah. 11 years. What's the community like over in Singapore? Uh, it's good. There's a there's a good tri community. Um, but as as I said, I'm I'm one of the slower guys. So the the kind of core triathletes in Singapore are probably a bit too fast for me. So I do a lot of a lot of my swimming is with swim groups and cycling is with a, a couple of mates. And uh, so there is a good community there. But uh, I do a lot of my training with just probably small groups. 
Yeah. One thing you're saying is that in, in that part of the world, you, you have to travel a lot to race. Uh, yeah, but but then there's more and more races coming in around Asia. So uh, it's Singapore's pretty centrally located. So it's it's probably not as bad as, as for you guys because actually if you are, you guys want to go overseas, you got to go pretty long yeah. flight every yeah. time. Um, we're pretty central, so it's not too bad. What have been some of the highlights of this weekend for you? Oh, just the scenery. Um, I, I've been cycling in Singapore is is exercise and and a good chance to hang out with your mates. But uh, I've just but the one thing that's been going through my mind the last couple of days is I'm falling in love with cycling again. It's just absolutely beautiful here. It's it's, it's gorgeous cycling around these mountains. What I mean, you didn't you you did it tough. You made it through the weekend, mate. I, I partially you said I'm not letting Melina pass me. I'm gonna make it. I stay with Melina. It was a goal on the run, wasn't it? Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. I buried myself to try and stay with Scott Molina and uh, <clears throat> managed to get my finishing photo with him. So that's uh, that's uh, mission accomplished. Mate, you took on the Terminator. There you go, mate. Love you. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Cheers, baby. Thanks, mate. So James the Feeler Reed. Yes. Well done, mate. Where's he from? Do you know where he's from? No, I don't. Oh. I can find out in a second though. So well done, mate. You're coming to Kona. Yes. So. We will. Uh, we'll wait. And we won't. I'm not going to email him for a, for a week or something to see if he's listening to the show <laughs> straight away. And uh, we will. So uh, James, if you have listened to us, obviously email us. Yes, <laughs> we're going to leave it like that. But congratulations, mate! You're coming to Kona. We'll be in contact and uh, let you know everything that you need to know about how it works. And uh, yeah, come over and have an awesome experience. And just on that front. Just thank you to all of the patrons. Absolutely. We got a great email through this week from, who was that from? That was from John Muncy. And he's just got, Dear John and Bevan, after many years of listening and enjoying your show, I asked myself one simple question. Would I miss I Am Talk and Legends of Triathlon if they were no longer available? The answer was a resounding yes. And therefore, I encourage anyone who enjoys the show to ask themselves the same question and become a patron too. Please let me know how I can sit my... Oh, so he's become a patron. So just, you know, and I think it's a really nice way of looking at it. You know, mm. if you enjoy what you do, I know if the podcast I love, I actually donate some money myself because I, I really believe in this kind of medium. Um, you know, and so if you want to become a patron, just go to www.imtalk.me. It's all very clear. But for those people who didn't win this time, but, you know, you will go into the draw for the next time. Um, we just really appreciate your support. It makes a massive difference to what Absolutely. John and I do. It really does. And, um, and, and you know, not financially also, but also just the fact that you love this show enough to want to support us really means a lot as well. And I think that was one of the cool things about last weekend as well was just this whole, you know, we, we it's just this group of people who have a shared kind of interest in something that's pretty cool. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Jombo, uh, we'll leave our email to next time. I will just mention, Carol Cooper was just saying, we had an event here in New Zealand called uh, The God Zone. If you guys are looking for some wacky sort of adventure, we've talked about it once or twice. It's, it took the guys sort of between five and eight days, I think, to do it, but just an adventure in New Zealand, and it had big coverage, and she thought it was awesome. It did finish at Kaiteri Terry, which is my uh, my sort oh, of holiday holiday spot. It moves all over the country. It got a lot of exposure this year because the all Black, former All Black captain, Richie McCaw, who was won the World Cup last year, legendary, like... Biggest star in New Zealand, he did the race, and like this race never gets any coverage. And it yeah. was like it was the biggest thing on, the, on news. the news every night. <laughs> yeah. So it was basically follow Richard do the race, but he did it. And cheapest creepers guys a legend. You know, you win the World Cup, and he signed up like two weeks later, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, oh sorry, sorry. I thought you mean he signed up for for, for it again. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. He signed up for the or after the World Cup, you yeah, know, which was only what five months ago. Yeah, so pretty impressive guy. So that was pretty cool as well, uh, John. Sponsors, we'll do we'll do the patrons next time. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. 
and our patrons. And you know who you are, and we love you. Jumbo. I'm just scrolling here through here to see if I can find James Reed's details, but uh, no luck so far. No luck so, so James, far. you know where you live. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, here we go, here we go, here we go. Here we go, here we go. Can you, can, can you get... Let's just see if it's got it Don't on. give his address, because we don't want people stalking him, but he's in... Westchester, Pennsylvania, I think. Pennsylvania? It's where Ken Glar lives. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's probably Ken's neighbour. I think. Yeah. The BFFs. Yeah. You know, they love each other. Very good. Okay, Jumbo, what's your goss? What's my goss? I am going to go home and get on the trainer and watch a little bit of Perry Nice. I think if I can find some kind soul who's managed to put it on YouTube somewhere, which I think hopefully they have. Is it what happens? Is it, and it gets taken down the next day? Yeah, yeah. So I, I saw an email came through and it came uh, came out last night. It was only on someone. Spo- it was a bit of a spoiler on Facebook. I think I know who wins, uh, uh, but at least I didn't. So what's the problem with our connected world? Eh? Like sport mm. is. It's really hard to keep a result away. Mm, exactly. Mm. So I'll go home and do that. Outside of that, going away next week, a bit of a family holiday, school holidays coming up. Seems like we're on holiday just uh, fairly recently, but school holidays come up pretty pretty quickly. How long are you away for? The week? Uh, yep. Yep. Going down to Arrowtown and I'm going to go do a few big climbs down there, go to the Crown Range and Coronet Peak and things like so that. So many more, it's just late June, isn't it? Like you go away. Yes. Yep. So, so I paint just get stupid fit for before then. Yep. So fitness building nicely. Outside of that, Bevan, I'm going to be intrigued on my t- my, to find out some information today with my study because last week we did a little uh, blood glucose <laughs> testing. Yeah. And mine was a lot higher than other people's despite being, uh, and I don't know what that means. I'm going to find out today. Oh, really? Yeah. So we basically did fasting. Which would be contradictory to what you think your diet is doing, yeah. Right, wouldn't you? Yeah. And I know that the day before I hadn't been amazing in terms of what I'd been eating. I think I'd had a little bit of ice cream for dessert. Uh, yeah, but, but come on. But come on. I don't, I don't, yeah. yeah, I'd just be interested to see what they have to say. So with my group, I ended up being on the Wheatbix group. And so we went in there and. Uh, <coughs> and so what so, were you doing? Tell us, tell us. What? So you basically, you're not, you, you know, you've got to be fasting. So you weren't allowed to have, have anything from dinner the previous evening. You go in, you take a baseline test where you prick your finger and you put your blood into the little meter, like, you know, diabetics do, a bit like what you do with the lactate test as well. Gives you your reading. <coughs> and then you eat your, your group's food. And then every, was it 13 or 15 minutes? I think it was every 15 minutes or every 30 minutes. Then we were taking little samples and, and you, obviously you, you see your blood glucose go up and then it slowly starts to come down. But mine was consistently high. Well, there was another girl in our group, um, that, one of your Karen. running coaches. Um, oh, Sam. Yeah. She's she was stressing out because hers was quite high as oh, well. Oh, really? But I don't know how the reliability of these meters, I'm not quite sure. But anyway, mine was, was, was higher than others in the group, which was interesting. But we were the Wheatbix group, so we had got given, I think, three and a half wheat books plus some milk, and you have that, and then you just have that, and you're not allowed anything else. you just got to sit there at your table, not move. So not burning energy. Burning energy, and then you're just constantly taking it. And so we were wheat books. One group was uh, sort of sugar-covered cocoa pops or yeah. something like that. And then the poor other group, they were milk. And oh, so really? you, you haven't had anything for, for, oh. for 12 hours as it is. Or and how long do you have to wait? That. And then there's another two hours and you're only allowed a glass oh, of milk. Really? So we were quite relieved we weren't part of that group. Oh, wow. So we'll find out a bit more about that. And outside of that, Bevan, uh, no, very successful weekend. Enjoyed a lot. Thanks to people that came. Yeah, thanks for all with with um with how you got through it because uh, – yeah, I don't think I would be able to do that with a minimal amount of training. I haven't really been doing much running, so I suffered a bit on the run too. <coughs> but uh, you got through that nicely, so well done. Well, thank you very much. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was an awesome weekend. I'm mm. off to Auckland. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, yesterday I was very concerned about going to Auckland. <laughs> Today I'm actually feeling a lot better. But uh, So I'm off to Auckland for a week, and then, yeah, it's work. 
we have just recorded a Legends of Triathlon interview with. Um, oh yeah, I'll put that up either today or tomorrow. Colleen Cannon. And oh, we need to do the intro, don't we? Yeah, we'll maybe do that later today, or, or mm, we'll, we'll do it at some stage. We'll some stage this week. Some stage this week, we'll get it out. And great, uh, interview. great interview. Character. I don't want to spoil the, the, but her story of how she got, became a professional athlete is absolute gold. Yeah, and uh, so, dream really, isn't it? Yeah. So check it out, and uh, that's about it for me. Hi okay, guys, well uh, next week it is going to be a bit of a different show, it's just going to be a bit of a highlights package, so I'm just going to be kind of working through this week and putting all those together, uh, and then we're back in the studio in a couple weeks from now, so John, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia kaha. kaha.